I I was very yeah. surprised actually. So he came out without any notice, and uh, I keep my Spotify notifications on for your Tuesday talks and all. And it suddenly came, and I was very surprised. I thought there was no information, and immediately I tweeted. Uh, yeah. I know. Yeah, you did. That's right. And I, I was like, you were the first one. Cause I mean, you get, I put them out at midnight here, our time. So you're getting them what? 10 o'clock in the morning, yes. 10 30 in the morning over there. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So that's when I get up in the morning, you've, you've already listened to it. Probably you've obviously had your breakfast. You're having dinner probably when mm-hmm. I'm getting up, <laughs> but you, your comment, I was like, I didn't put out to anybody that my wife was going to be on, on Valentine's day. I don't even think I told John and Steve either. And I was, I just wanted that to be a surprise uh, partially because my wife was really nervous and I wasn't a hundred percent sure it was going to go through. Because if she ever had to back out for any reason, like she didn't want to do it, like literally the morning of it that we recorded that, I told her I'm heading off to work. And I told her, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I go, you ready to record later today? And she was like, no, uh, uh-uh. she didn't want to do it. And I go, let me give you an outline. I go, do you want an outline to make you feel better? And that's in the podcast. And I said, so I, I, I go here. And I just type, I was standing right in front of her. I typed it out in like 30 seconds. I'm like, here's what we're going to talk about just to give her an idea. And she barely read it because she was still nervous. She didn't want to see it because she was nervous about coming on, you know, and it's, and I can appreciate that. I know most of, most of the listeners that come on here are nervous about doing it. Um, but yeah, it, it, so I didn't put out but that I think, it was uh, coming. Uh, I think she, she, the later half of the podcast, I think she became so, uh, free and all no i think she took over uh, that podcast initially she was li- little bit hesitant but she took over she was doing most of the talking is what i could uh, yeah <laughs> feel so yeah like, yeah no she did great she did great I was, I was happy for her it's like and she she didn't want it rec- video recorded or anything but you could see and somebody made that comment like, oh, I wish I could see your expressions because we were we were having a good time, like you said. And as it went on, she did. She felt a lot better. She actually texted me today. She's at work right now. And she texted me and she's listening to it back again. And she's like really happy with herself. Like, I'm like, I told you, you came off great. She, she sounded great. She sounded smart. She sounded way smarter than I am. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So this is the first time she appeared in any of your Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Great. She's never, she would never have done that. And I've been asking her oh. since, well, uh, John and I had Brightside Chat, which was a comics-based podcast first. And we had that for a year before I started this one. And my kids had been on that. And like we said in the podcast, my daughter had been on. She loves it. She's she's like, once you get her go, she loves that stuff. She loves to talk. She lo- Just like me, she loves this stuff. So we have a great rapport, my daughter and I. When we start talking, it's crazy. My son, more like my wife, she, he doesn't like to come on. We have great conversations privately, but he doesn't want to really come on. So this year's podcast that we did for Die Hard was probably his loosest. And it, I just, I like to have them on. I like to get them. The next person in my family I want to get on is my dad. And because, oh, okay. because he's the one that's like, he doesn't like to talk. 
and he doesn't want to talk oh, okay. and he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, he, and he, but he was there at the beginning of me being a kid in my description of movies and stuff like that. So, um, that would be a completely different perspective of home theater people because it would be the, he, he'll give me eye rolls during the recording. He'll be like, yep, yep, you're a pain in the ass. And that, I mean, and he'll say it right up front. It'd be great. Um, but yeah, that's, it, I like to add that to the, I've, especially to home theater where this is so enveloping, you know, for the whole family and everything. It's very rarely do you get a home theater person with a family that's just like, nope, nobody cares. Nobody goes near it. That's just me in my room. So it's usually, a, it's a family affair. So, but, um, so does he understand all the, all this take of home theater, like, like all this five point this five point that this new technology video and is he aware of all this thing or is just a like participates with you watching good movie in a good theater? Yeah, she just part. My wife, you mean? My wife participates. No, your dad. Your dad. Oh, my dad. No, no, he doesn't yeah. participate at all. Um, when he's we're building an in law apartment for them, so he's going to be living with me in the new house. And I'm really looking forward to that because he'll be there in the house to be able to come down to the theater and we can watch movies together. Um, he does love okay. action movies. He loves, you know, The Last Boy Scout, um, uh, Wrath, uh, Wrath of Man, the most recent uh, Jason mm -hmm. Statham movie. He's He told me about it. And he's like, you got to see this. So, But he doesn't get into the whole home theater part. He doesn't get into... And even talking about movies, he just likes to tell you that he really liked the movie, but he doesn't want to really talk about it. <laughs> you yeah, know, even like, while growing up, parents were also like that. Like they don't understand the tech, but they can appreciate good sound and pictures. Mm -hmm. So, like whenever we used to go to uh, theater and all, while we were kids and all, that they used to say like this theater sound is good. So this picture was average. So even when I got into HD, whenever. They used to see they they can, they could appreciate like it's a, it's a good movie like good well recorded and something like that but they don't understand what is five point one yeah. what is four K what is did that is fine but that support is enough for us like yeah they're at least appreciating what we are doing and also I don't but see, you know what's funny and I'd say this to my dad's face I don't even think he appreciates that. Honestly, like if I've had him over to the house and I'll take him into my theater and he just looks around and goes, okay, neat that, you know, neato. Like that's, he doesn't, he doesn't sit down. He hasn't, what he's never watched a movie with me in my theater ever, not even a scene oh. ever. He's just not into like when he watches movies, he watches them at home on his television, standard television speakers and so it's that, and that's just how he is. So I'm hoping that when I get the theater, he'll be like, all right, I, I imagine he won't want reference level. He'll be, you know, it'll probably be turned down or maybe he will. He has hearing aids. <laughs> so he just okay. turned his hearing aids down. <laughs> so I don't actually I, appreciate your reference level audio. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I mean, it, it but that's, you know, my, my father-in-law is the same way. Um, most of the, I feel like the older generation from myself doesn't, doesn't really care. Couldn't really couldn't care less of, of everybody that I know. It's, they're just like, oh, neat. Okay. And, hmm. but they also come from, what's funny is 
people like 70s, 80s, it's it's rare if they're into home theater because they come from a generation, especially over here, of, you know, their parents were save every penny, do this, do that, you know, like extravagant, you know, costs were, were like, no, don't do that. And I came, I was raised in the 80s. And in this country, that was like the land of excess, Right. So it's like the idea of like, hey, you can you work hard enough, you can have anything. Yay. That was the idea. And I think that that's where home theater in the homes came from. And then it just it's just, you know, flourished since then. Um, but my parents were raised from Depression era parents, you know, and that got passed down to them. And they tried to pass it down to me a little bit, but it's degrades a little bit each time. So that's why I just think they look at it with uh hmm, it's kind of a waste you really don't need this that's the perspective so but hey to each his own <laughs> so, so it's actually here also it is the same so i grew up uh, in 80 so i think you are some four or five years older than me so mm-hmm. it, it, here also even people are very conservative about uh, going to movies and all they don't want to they instead uh watch a TV or read a book or something like that. So that movie watching crowd, like it blew up only after 2000. So prior to that, it was like, it was more like a quite luxury kind of thing. Not many people would uh, invest in a movie and all. So if you see in India and all, here the, it's, these are populated country. If you come to Asia and all, so land is at a premium. So the houses you get here are quite, uh, small not bad but they are quite small when you compare to us and all so you people have this basement and all those things no those concepts are not there here so it's like whatever is available uh, so we try to fit it in, in the uh, smallest space possible majority of the people so there are some people who have these big houses and all they get a dedicated room and all so it's a challenge so if you see here like all the home theater in boxes, they are quite popular. All this now that the sound uh, bars have picked up, so it's like it's a totally different uh, market here. It's very challenging. Not every brand succeeds here. So even uh, these installers and all people, there are very very few uh, educated uh, professional installers are there in India. So I see many YouTube channels. There are so many integrators are there like in us so because that's they can pursue that hobby and uh, if they are good they can they will succeed but here it's very difficult uh, to succeed uh, that yeah. way because of many challenges and family upbringings people's thought process and all so people are changing but it will take some time like here people would like to buy a car but they won't invest in a home theater because they feel that's a status symbol and people will, they can show it up a car. Everyone will watch a car, but no one will know that you have a HD until you, until they come to your place. So it's like, that is the kind of mindset uh, it's here. So even when I got into that, uh, no one understood what I was doing and all, but whenever they came and watched a movie at my place, they really appreciated it. So even they, they don't understand how it works and all, but they appreciated it as a package and all. Yeah. So it's like more or less is the same thing, like how parents think uh, in those 80s, 90s. So 
That's so when you have people in now, you sent me three pictures and for everybody, these pictures will be online. So um, I'm going to post these, these three pictures of your theater uh, in on my website. And so people will be able to see exactly what we're talking about. And it's your theater is it's fantastic, but it's exactly like you said, it's, it's thin. It's a smaller room, um, narrow, right? Uh, how wide, yeah. what's the dimensions of this room? So, so it, it, it's an apartment actually. It's yeah. an apartment and, and it's a living room. So I couldn't get a dedicated space, uh, dedicated because if I had to go for a dedicated thing, I had to convert a uh, one full bedroom into dedicated that my parents were totally again. So the best I could do was I had to convert my living room, uh, into a HD. So it's a, it's not a big room. It's a 15 into uh, 12 feet wide and some 10 feet uh, height. So it's a small room. So it's not a very huge room, but, uh, uh, I went for some professional integrators and all, because at that time, this, this is a long time ago and I didn't have much knowledge on, uh, how to go about it and all. So I hired a guy. So, and uh, he did all those work. Uh, so there's a TV, as you can see, there's a TV and for yep. normal, regular watching and all. And whenever I, in, for any movie and all, the screen would uh, come down. It's a hundred inch uh, screen. So it's a full HD, not 4K by then. TV is an OLED, LG OLED. Uh, the projector is a full HD projector. But the room is treated. So even at uh, minus 10, minus 5 dB also, the noise is pretty well controlled. I was very happy with how it turned up. It was very challenging in that space. And it, it had to look like a living room only when someone comes and also uh, windows and all I couldn't see. So I, the windows would be open during the day and also that the light would come in and parents would feel this thing. So I had to accommodate all those factors. Uh, before doing it so even if the seating if you see the sofa is across it's not uh, towards the tv so there is another sofa at the back so it's like a proper living room so we would sit at the back and watch it so any guests they come it would be like a proper house only but acoustically treated and do you see that dts uh, logo and all i got it from us actually someone came from there and uh, they said it's from original uh, company somehow they got it from oh. some dealer there and they carried it so that was i was very possessive about that uh, that one that was a time when there was no atmos and nothing so dts was the ruler then so yeah that's, that's how it turned up so in <sighs> In your pictures here, I'm looking at the one of just your with your television without the screen down in front of it, and mm-hmm. it looks like mm-hmm. you have a different set of speakers than when the screen is down. Is that is that the case? No, uh, no, it should be the same one. So, like these are on wall speakers. So when the screen pulls it, it comes only till the LCR. It doesn't hide the LCR, if you can see. I don't know if it is clear or not. Right. No. In so the one where the with just the television, it looks like where the speaker is. There's something yellow on. I thought it was a box or something, but it is the. No, no. It was a clock there. So I told you, you know. So we keep a clock clock there. So when nothing is, everything is off. There is a clock which we keep there because there was no place to keep a 
they wanted a wall clock actually i i cannot install because it will keep on vibrating when we play so <laughs> it's just a <laughs> Yeah. So it was just a, it's like it's a family thing. So yeah, to keep my mom happy, I kept that watch there because whenever she's in that room, she wanted to see what's the time to take her okay. meds and all. So, <laughs> so just when everything is off, I keep that clock there. So yeah, to okay. get that proper living room. So that that explains. So these are the hundred THX speakers I'm using on wall. Okay, they're all say that again. Sorry, it came through a little garbled. Yeah. You are aware of the brand called Jamo? It's a Danish brand. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've heard of them. Yeah. So these are THX rated speakers. Three-way speakers. These are very good. Very quite good. Very old uh, model. It is still continuing. It's called D500. And uh, that's in a 55-inch LG OLED. And uh, AV receiver, I'm using Denon 3500X. It's in that box, actually. In the bottom box, it's a... Everything, there's a customized box. I've kept it there. And the surrounds are also from Jammo. And uh, there are two Atmos in the ceilings. I've used Klipsch uh, ceiling speakers. Nice. And I'm using two subs, XTZ. You're aware of this brand called XTZ? It's uh, a Swedish. Not familiar with that one, no. Uh, it's, it's not very popular in US, but UK and uh, Europe, it's very popular, like, it's a very good brand. They give a very tough fight to SVS, actually. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's much more value for money uh, compared to that. So I'm using two 12-inch ported subs. Nice. So it's hey, a Swedish brand. Where are those? Hmm. I'm looking. Uh, the, where are those located? I don't uh, So it's actually, I've kept one in the cabin, actually. Nice. So... so yeah, I, I was, had to hide it somewhere. Yeah. So it's in the box in the box in the print. If you see below the TV and screen, there is a black box. So yeah, yeah. It, it's a fabric. Uh, the front of the yep. box is made of speaker fabric. So everything is hidden. And the one would be at the back, actually. So that won't be visible. It's um, behind the couch or, or, or next to the couch. I'm looking at the back of the room. So mm, nice. It won't be visible in that picture, actually. Yeah. Um, so the, the, all of the walls with the, uh, so you have that middle gray pattern and I see the handles, are those the windows? Do those slide open? Yes. 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 Those are sliding, uh, windows. Nice. Wow. And so they slide them, I get the actual window outside. So that's how we open it. Yep. So how do people perceive that? Like you said, people appreciate it when they come in here, but in the States in over here, it's like, I bring somebody into my theater and they're amazed here. Right. And it's, you know, in our world, we think, especially over here, we think everybody knows about home theater, but they don't, you know, majority of the people don't, we're a very rare breed anywhere in the world. Um, but you're saying you're even, it's even rarer over there. So what's people's reaction? Like when they first see something like this in, like you said, in an apartment, so when uh, this build had happened for over uh, two months, uh, it took two months time actually when this construction was happening and all and everyone used to come and see and go like they never understood what was happening. They were very curious and once everything was set up and all, every day I had some visitor uh, from my apartment coming and getting some demo. They were all amazed actually. They couldn't imagine that something like this 
of this scale can be done in such a small uh, room and all so they just enjoy it but they won't uh, get a setup like that so sadly yeah <laughs> that is a part like like whatever education we can give they'll just see and go but that's okay like we cannot push everyone and i wish everyone should get into this some basic at least some even if they get a home theater in box so at least they will one day they would realize and upgrade so yeah it's sad that most people they don't even start actually so it's i think i don't know i think it just takes a special special See, people mindset. are buying uh, like people are buying iphone 14 and all those things so like for the same money you can get a decent that's what i tell people but like the people are more into show off kind of thing and all like so it's quite difficult to i don't want to be pushy with even with many of my friends and all like yeah that's how we met so that's where we are able to connect like in this uh, youtube and all like like minded people and also <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> i know it is you get people all over the world and it's still such a small group <laughs> but but you're right i've never i've never thought of it in that perspective that's a great great analogy that people will spend i mean literally an iphone is like $1400 but because they offer it to you with a monthly payment people are like yep i and you need a phone right especially in this day and age you got to have a phone um i'm wondering and I, i've talked about this in the past i'm wondering if it's possible that um someday home theater can go that route and, and like make the equipment more accessible by making it like A, you know a lease or something like that make it a little cheaper like we were joking but kind of not joking um a couple of weeks ago about like you lease a car you know you pay x amount of dollars and you turn the car back in and they'll give you that you got to pay what they estimate the value of that will be by the end of your lease right so you take a car for you take a really expensive car and lease it for 3 years but then you're only paying like half the cost or whatever or three quarters of the cost what if they did and and you're doing it monthly so it's easier to to digest right what if they did that with projectors right and it's like so i know out of pocket the last time i bought a projector it's like all i had was i had $5000 okay this is all i can spend on a projector okay What if they told me well, save your $5000, you can get the $12000 projector by paying $7000 over the next 3 years. Okay. And then if you want to buy it outright, you can then buy it then, then you use your $5000 and you buy it outright. And you you could or you turn it in, keep your lease, your payments going and get the latest model. I I'm like I I especially in the tech world, how is that not viable to both parties, right? The seller, the the projector company, they get their projector back. They can now sell it refurbished. People like I'd be like I don't want to do that. I'll, I'll I'll just buy the nice refurbished one and for cheaper or whatever. So I I just I I think that's another way to get home theater out to the masses. Um it still doesn't get rid of the hurdle of I think a lot of people think of this as an excess though, right? Mm. It they still feel it's a luxury like this hobby and all they feel it's it's a luxury thing and all the people 
uh, change their phone every two years and upgrade it, uh, but uh, they don't want to invest into this and all. But uh, see, post COVID, no, many people their mindset has changed actually. So people were having lot of time sitting at homes and all, no. So they started missing this HD experience. So all the friends and people who are already having uh, this HD. Uh, pre-covid and all so they were all enjoying uh, watching all these streaming movies during the lockdown and all then start slowly many people realized that yes we should also have this and all it's a good thing many people were working from home and also they were having lot of family time wherein they could watch a movie together instead of spending so much money going out and it's time waste like going driving parking there eating out and everything it's a huge expense so some of the educated people are slowly realizing but it would take uh, it would take uh, more time they are still happy with their sound bar so that yeah. is the thing i hope they watch some some more uh, Channels and get educated like A B Rant or you also only that way they can be educated like we can only explain to some extent. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, I have like when people come in and they go, "What do I?" You know, if they're even interested in it, right? And they ask the questions like, "What do I got to do to get something like this?" I would say it's only. It's it's single digits percentage of people that would actually follow through, right? And it's like it's very few people that even see my theater and ask that question. But then <clears throat> once they get the answer, it's very few people that would even come close to following through. It's um, I I can count on one hand in my life of people. Yeah. That so have the done problem it. the problem uh, that they think is that we get everything together. So. It's only when they go into the breakup detail. So these things, even uh, myself, I didn't buy everything together. So first I brought my LCR, like then ABR. Sometime I was having something else, and I brought first sub, then second sub. Like so, if you total it up, it looks like a big amount. But when you break it up, you buy it over a period of time, then it looks manageable. So people don't realize that that is the biggest problem. So when we tell them, they ask us, "What is the?" cost of the setup and all and when we quote a figure they feel it's very high but they don't understand like how we procure it and that that is a challenge where yeah are, it is stopping so that mindset they don't get into the breakup details and how to manage it so i think that is the biggest uh, challenge there so that's why they're not able to go there yeah yeah it's uh, you're right it i mean i <clears throat> my theater I've built over 30 years, right? And you you upgrade piece by piece or, and when I, in, like you said, when I started out, I started out with just a couple of channels and then you, you, you keep seeing things that you want to improve on and you build from there. It really is like a, like a Lego system, really, right? You start with a couple of blocks and then you just keep building and 30 years later, you have this, this, you know, massive system that when somebody comes in, you're right, that they look at it and it's, you know, you know, analysis paralysis. You're like, how do I do this? Well, 30 years from now, you too could have this <laughs> and they don't want to hear that. But it, 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 that's the part that I think is difficult for us to understand on their perspective. Cause we love it so much that 
the hurdles are what we enjoy, right? And it's like, I mean, you have a hell of a hurdle over there in in that it's a smaller apartment, it's a smaller room, but that's that's what creates what a, a great environment you did. And it's like, it, it's, you know, it, it's neat. It's different. It's not a big grand room. It's what you did is unique. And that that's what's kind of the fun part about that when, I think most people just look in their living room and go, look, I just want to sit down when I get home from work (laughs) and not do anything. Right. And they're not looking to, I I think there's an artistic part in all of us in home theater like this. Right. And like you had yours built, but you started on your own. Steve George, the same way had it built, but there's an artistic mindset there that you want to create something out of something that really doesn't belong there but we're gonna fit it in and and i think that's really really kind of neat and that's why we're so we're such a small unique group a good thing about this hobby is like uh like see i'm into uh, biking also earlier i was into biking we had this biking groups and all every weekend we go for a breakfast ride and all and come out like i met many people like many doctors and people from it and all they are like very very in a good position but they we only talk about biking and all like that in the in the same way no, i came to meet many people through this hd hobby through forums and all i met a very good doctors some multimillionaire businessmen and all like they were very down to it. So the beauty of this hobby is that whenever we meet and all, it's not like uh, they would look down upon us at all. Whether we are having a big system or small system, if we understand the subject, they'll respect us, uh, irrespective of what we do for a living and all. So that is the beauty of having having got into this community and all. Like So that was the best part. Like. So say today if I'm communicating with you, so it's because of something of that knowledge we share across from your perspective and my perspective. So yeah. So getting into that groups is very important. So it's like if I just keep build a multi-million theater and just keep it to myself and for my family and all, we won't learn anything and like we won't understand like what is it that uh, what is the mistakes which we are doing, how we can better it like have I spent too much or like something like that. So when we get into this community thing and all, so then we would, that when that sharing happens, so that is where uh, our knowledge also improves. So, yeah, and we can give a better suggestion to others. So that's what I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, it's, I mean, one, like you said, it helps us, which with uh, mistakes, which we are all conscious of. Right. I mean, you'll see, you sit in your theater and you, and like you said, it's like when we, if you don't have the community, it's, it's not the community that pulls the mistakes out for you. Right. A lot of people assume that a lot of people think it's like, like, well, if I didn't know about what that, then my, you know, I, it, if I didn't know about the mistake, it wouldn't exist. And that's not true because long before this, before internet, I, you know, and everything, I knew about flaws in my home theater because you just, you have eyes and ears and you go to the movies and you're trying to achieve that. And now in the community, yeah, you start to hear about some flaws that you, oh, do I have that flaw? Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But 
that's inherent in the hobby is to try and correct and improve the entire time. And that's part of, that's what the community helps you do. It's like helps you one, notice the flaws that maybe you didn't even notice were there. And two, it helps you correct those flaws. But at the same time, it also tells you that's not a flaw. Because sometimes we get so upset, like, everything's going good. That can't be right. <laughs> like, right? Like, everything seems good. And then all of a sudden, you're like, all right, there's got to be a flaw here somewhere. And then people, you know, and you put out your perspective and people go, no, that that's about right. That's good. <laughs> you're doing well. And, and it helps in that way, too. Um, and so over there, do you have for your community over there, like you said, it's like you're online and um, to just like we are here, but we do have stores and stuff. We have, there are some, almost anybody's within driving distance of a home theater type boutique store. Um, but then we have our best buys and we have our big box stores that sell home theater gear. If you want to just go grab something and bring it home. What do you guys have over there like that? Do you, anything like how is it promoted besides yourself? Yes, yes. So if you go to the your regular uh, metro hypermarket, those kind of uh, shopping and all, there you get only your home theater in box like Sony or Philips, LG, Samsung, uh, JBL. Only these things you'll get. So there are some specialized retailers who are uh, into integration and they sell all these SVS, Pole, Clips, all these uh, separates and all no? so we do have these stores but they are very uh, limited limited to certain big cities and also it's not easily accessible site there are people yes so you can uh, take an appointment and go for a demo and they do if you they can you can contract them if you are wealthy enough like but these people charge a lot actually when you uh, and over your room to them for echo stakes and all. So, they charge you for a demo? No, no, not for oh, a demo. Oh. <laughs> if, you, if you want to make a room and, uh, like uh, for echo stakes, integration, everything. Right. So yeah. they do that work also, but it's very expensive. It's like if you're not very knowledgeable about this hobby and all, they'll take you for a ride. But for demos <laughs> and all, yes, you can go. <laughs> That's not, so I, even that... when I started, I was not aware of all these uh, things and all because that was. It was a time when there was hardly, I think it was in 2013 or something like that when I, that room came up and all. That was hardly any YouTube was there at that time. I too didn't have much knowledge. So probably today I was going into that room. I could have done that with half of that money of what I had spent at that time. Really? So, wow. Yes. Wow. That's because I, I just outsourced everything to him because uh, all the electronics were mine and uh, we had to just conceal everything and put those up absorbers and diffusers and all those things. So yeah. I was not very knowledgeable at that time. But thankfully, the room came out well. So I was happy with that. Yeah, it's funny. Cause that can happen over here too. Big time. Big time. I've helped more people save money. Like... I. I've always wanted to, like, I've always had the, no, I wouldn't say dream, but I wanted to be like a home theater installer. Um, but you, you quickly find out when you even try to, like, when you you play it forward, it's 
not easy to do. It's it's hard to get the jobs because there's not a lot of people that want the jobs. And then two, once you get the jobs, think about it. All you're doing is you're installing it. And then it's, if something goes wrong, they're going to call you and you got to, so you're con and it, the more clients you get, the more issues you get, right? Um, not that issues happen all the time, but if you have a, but it, it just turns out to be a headache. But what I really always, what I thought would be a good business would be a, like a consultant because you could, I can, I, I have saved people thousands of dollars because when you go to these places and you don't have the knowledge as you put so greatly, they'll take you for a ride because they're just like, uh-huh. They're like, you know, I, I, I've told the story before. I, I This was back in the nineties when Dolby digital Dolby AC three first came out and this guy just wanted a surround system for his cable box and his VCR and that's it. And this, the salesman at the store was trying to t sell him like the latest, greatest AC three and which was Dolby digital surround sound. The only way that was available was through Laserdisc at the time. DVD hadn't been invented yet. And he's like, he goes, here, you get this and you'll have all this. Di and I'm like, you can't even use that. But it was a $1,000 receiver. And I was pointing him to the, you know, $199, a $200 receiver. And he wanted to sell him this. And he was ready. He was like, oh, but it. But he, he, the guy I'm there to help was trying to talk me into the $1,000 receiver. I go, you, are you getting a laser display? He goes, no, I don't want that. Well, then you, you all the benefits they're telling you about, you'll never use. This is just as good. And it's it's that mindset. But people don't know. They have no idea. And, and and I guess that's great for the salesman because if they don't know and they spent the money, but they're happy they spent the money, great. And then the salesman made his sale. But but like you said, you could have paid half if if you'd had the knowledge. And that, that's what's great about getting this knowledge. And like you said, in this community now, too. Um, the internet is very powerful, <laughs> helps us yeah, spend so money. See, I, 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 I keep seeing so many uh, integrator videos in, uh, from us uh, on YouTube and all. No? So I don't understand why they oversell so many speakers in those rooms. Like it's a small room. They, they put 11 speakers, six atmos channels for one seating and all. So like there are many such videos. Uh, I don't understand. So like they are easily taking people for the ride. So mm. yeah, it's well, they're so, it, it's across. so that mindset is across, I believe. So, oh yeah, like, they find wealthy client. They do oversell. Like they're not benefiting anything from having so many speakers. No, no, you can get away. I mean, you can literally get away with a five, one system. And I, you know, what's a great example. I just, I mean, it, as we're recording this, it literally just came out today. My U571 video that I did. That, I saw that. I saw that. Okay. I watched it. Yeah. You were up early this morning. <laughs> well, early to me, but, um, but in that video, um, and just before we came on, Mike Schramm had, had tweeted that I didn't put my boxes of popcorn in there. And I, I hadn't done these videos in a while, so I forgot to say it when I was recording it, and then I forgot to put it in the show notes. So just before we jumped on, I went and I added on in my notes. And one of the things I found interesting, and I wish I said this in the show, um, notice on the show notes when I put the little red triangle for overheads, right? So I'll put a box of popcorn and then the red triangle pointing up saying, this is a good one for Atmos. I think there's like three or four in there, but that movie's not in Atmos. 
that movie is in DTS Master Audio. It's in 5.1. But when we upmix it using Neural X, it still gave. And in that video, you can hear me. I'm like, it's going right around behind me, over my head. You can hear it. So you now, granted, I have more than a 5.1 system. But if you have the, you know, I have a seven with four overheads. But if you have a basic system, to your point, you don't need those extras. But this is where I'm going to, I'm going to defend them a little bit, right? The reason they make those videos is because they're they're salesmen. That's what they're there to do. And in home theater, this is the land of excess, right? So to make videos, like I'm the guy that's telling you 5-1 is the way to go. Tom Andre. Rob H, they love, they're saying five one's the way to go. You know, Ara and Braden, same thing. And we're the realistic people, but you do need those people out there telling you this, this is great. This is fun because that's how I came up. It wasn't the internet though. It was reading magazines, reading guys like Brent Butterworth and saying, Hey, check out these extravagant systems that I never in my life thought I could have. Um, projectors back in the eighties and nineties were hundred, like hundreds of thousands, if not 50 something, a cheap projector back then was like $50,000 or something. If it wasn't a school projector or something. Right. So it's, we dreamed of those things. So it's not bad to have both of them. Um, but just know who you're listening to. Like you said, it's like, understand you're being, I mean, we, we have the knowledge, but understand you're being taken for a ride. You don't need it, but if you want it, I mean, it's fun. It's not necessary, but it's fun, right? See, the good thing in USA is you people have this 30-day, 45-day trial period, like wherein you can return everything. So that's the greatest uh, uh, like marketing which they are doing. So we wish we had those things here in this part of the world. I think it's only there in USA. I don't think even in UK, everyone... Not many are offering such kind of a thing. So that that is a fantastic thing. So at least at your place, when you suggest some HD to someone, they can at least try. And if they don't like it, they can return it back. So that is that option is there. But here we don't have that option. Once we buy it, we have to uh, sell it off on our own, right? It is there, right? You can buy any SVS and the home trial period is there, right? You can yeah. return oh, it yeah. if you don't like it. So. So I'm sure once they get it, if properly installed, they would never return it back. So that's yeah. a great uh, thing you people are having there. So you in don't spite have... of that, if people are still... No, no, we don't have... We, that's not there in any, across any country. I, maybe in their home countries, like if that speaker brand, if it is from Danish or Swedish, maybe in their home country, they could be giving it. But it's it, most of the companies are offering only in, a US, in USA only. It's not there anywhere wow. across. So you can't, I mean, a, a lot of stuff like we can return stuff, but we'll have to pay for shipping a lot of times. SVS no, offers no. return. We cannot, once it is sold off, that's it. We can't do anything. Wow. It's, it's our product. And if you want to buy anything else, we have to sell it off and get something else. Wow. So you must like really take advantage of like eBay and stuff. Do you guys have, I mean, is that? No, eBay is, it's closed in India for a long time back. So uh, they closed it? Amazon is not. Wow. Yes, yes. India, it was a loss making venture for them. So earlier we used to buy a lot of imported discs from USA and UK and also 
but that was not doing well once amazon picked up and all no so people shifted to amazon so ebay finally they had to shut it down uh, in india so even in amazon here electronics they don't uh, they're not very popular when it comes to hd and all in india so we have to buy from there are other dedicated websites are there local websites so from there we buy all these receivers speakers and subwoofers that's so- how we do it here what if the product's defective right it's not working right it, it, it is under warranty okay you get the warranty everything but it you cannot return it back like just you cannot return you it like back it. and get the refund and all yeah yes so that return policy 30 45 days return policy those things are not there either. wow that that is it. and and the all the products are literally double the price here like yeah. if it is 1000 dollars for you there it's 2000 after all the taxes shipping everything so that's why it is even more difficult for us to get into that hop literally double everything you take wow wow so what this i don't understand so see most of the products they are made in china so see china is just is our neighbor so china is our neighbor so if they ship it directly to us no so it would be very very economical yeah economically price so i think what they are doing is they are shipping it back to the parent company country like mm-hmm. sps they are shipping it back to us and from there i don't know some inspection or some certification happens then it is shipped to the whatever distributor who is ordering from whatever country that's where it is hurting the import right. cost and all but i think there has to be something like why don't they certify it in china itself and send it to whatever country so if Right. That distribution model is cracked, no? So, I think this hobby would become much more affordable with yeah. all these reputed brands. I mean, yeah, that is it is kind of funny that, but I, I have a I have an explanation, a guess at it because um, I worked uh, when I was a kid. Um, well, kid, I say in my twenties, I worked at UPS uh, for for a period of time, and one of the things I learned there, and it, it's common knowledge now here because of the internet, but they would ship and what they found most efficient was you say i wanted to ship you a package and you lived in the same town as me you you take it to ups it gets shipped out and it literally it would go to like this central hub in in the middle of the country and then get shipped back all in one day it's like boom 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 but it's it's going across the same town but it actually travels to a central location where all the packages get distributed So what they found was that was the most efficient way instead of trying to bore, you know, box these things up and and differentiate where things are going, that's what they found to be the most efficient. Um so I'm thinking that's probably the same idea and where the hobby in India isn't as as proficient, it's like they wouldn't know like okay, how many do we ship there? And then if they don't sell, they're in India. Now it's going to cost, like you said, like for you to ship it from the states to us, it costs X amount of money, like like you said, double. So now if they have too much, if they have too much product in India and they want to ship it to the states, it's going to cost that much in the other, you know, twice as much back in the other direction. So. I get what you're saying. I I understand their side no, of it. No, that they can they can take a estimate from the. every country distributor they can give an estimate because they have a purchasing trend every mm-hmm. month every year they purchase certain amount of uh, speakers or this thing and also they can take an average and give an estimate 
But the problem is, I think they are just shipping a raw products to them and uh, something else. We don't know how, like, what all is it a finished product which is coming out of China or only certain parts they are manufacturing and shipping back to US, wherein they are assembling that part and all. We don't know. So, yeah. I think uh, once that is clear, we we can't comment on that. Yeah. And another very very odd thing I find is like you uh, you see all these giveaways which all these companies are giving in the podcast like SVS, Clips or sometimes Audioholics mm-hmm. if someone is sponsoring they give giveaways uh, they are done only in USA if I'm not wrong. Outside countries they don't do it. Okay, what do you mean? So you think they have their own companies inside of the inside of India and stuff like they have parts of their companies okay so what, what my my no what my suggestion for that was like uh, I was watching youth man video so there was one someone had asked him like why why don't why this giveaway doesn't happen to people outside US and all and he said that uh, SPS or someone told him this that because of the different import or uh, all these duties of shipping and all is different for different countries and all it, it's a huge thing is what they were saying but my point is why don't they give it away from that wherever that person is located if they have a distributor he can ship it to them and they can he can claim that uh, invoice with the company it's a very simple process so mm-hmm. i don't know why why all this logic if sps is giving a subwoofer to someone say from india someone got See, ultimately, he's as a viewer, uh, a viewer and listener. He's contributing to the channel and he has participated in order that contest. If he wins, so he should be eligible for that product. So it's like there is a distributor in India, so he can, they can, the company can anyway ask him like you send so and so model to him. We'll compensate you for that. It's a very simple process. It happens in across distribution. In other categories and all, I had worked in these distribution companies, not in this singing, skincare and all these products. Like this is what normally it happens. Like if someone, if the distributor is gifting to some customer something and all, no, he can claim that. So there will be mail from the company. Okay, you will compensate you for that. You give it off to so and so person. It's a very simple process. So if if they do that, no, so it that goodwill will carry a long way. Yeah. So yeah. this is the next thing companies should do to educate uh, uh, people to get into that. See, if someone is getting this sub and all, obviously once he gets that, he will try to upgrade his speakers or something else. Like, like it's you're giving him a window of opportunity to get into this hobby and buy something else and all. So companies should look into this, like not just restrict to USA and all. It's a very simple policy. Yeah, it just it. Include some mails and all. It depends on the marketing team and how they are able to influence their distributors. They can influence because ultimately they are giving the product to their distributor and they have to listen to them. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, it would go a long way to one, like you, uh, goodwill, but two, promoting the hobby. And where it, it, like, from your description, it just sounds like it's such an untapped region. Right. And if, if, (laughs) I mean, just if, if you could come up with a model like that, that would cut the costs, even if it cut it by, instead of in half, just cut it by 30%, it would, that would be a big difference. You know, people. So there is no cost. 
I'm saying there is no cost for them. The product is already shipped mm-hmm. here. It's there in the country. The no, I'm saying the cost to, to the consumer. Like it, the consumer, if the ah, cost yes, could yes. save the consumer thirty yes, percent yes. of what it costs now, that would be a big difference. Yes. And then, okay, mate, you know, it's like you said, it's like it's already there. But it's like if you could drop that price by thirty percent because of the new, you know, uh, new way of doing it, um, that I think you're the cons- uh, the market would go up, and then maybe and then that would help bring the cost down even more. Um, and, and like you said, it's, I mean, it, it, you got more people over there than we have here. It's a completely untapped market, really. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's so with it being that difficult over there to get into this hobby, how, how did you do it? Like what, what drove you? Like, what was it? Was it the love of movies? Was it, um, just tech? combination of the two uh see i i i would uh, give credit to my parents so while as a kid while growing up and also we used to watch almost every movie in theaters as a family and also they used to take me and my sister uh to almost every good movie there and that's how that somehow started appreciating the audio video there so at that time not very knowledgeable but when you are into so much movie watching and all, no? so some first you get into is music. So like I had this two channel tape deck. So it was all assembled. Like, we were not, not many brands were there in our part of the country at that time. It was in, I was growing up in a small town there. So that accessibility was even difficult. So they used to sell this, uh, some local assembled uh, tape decks and speakers. So we used to enjoy that. That was the time when there was no CD and also. I had a lot of cassettes and uh, then uh, when CD came and also by that time uh, the print media was very strong here. So I got my first CD player in 2000. That was a Sony actually. So Hey, my first CD so, player was a uh, Sony too. <laughs> yes, and Sony Hi-Fi, they were so good at that time and all with those big goofers and all. they sounded fantastic So for whatever they were offering and all. And I and by that time uh, I I got into that hobby so much that when that product launched I went to the dealer and uh, I told him that I want this so he said I don't know what this product is and all I told <laughs> he is a Sony dealer then I educated him see this is a paper ad this product just learned I want to buy it I'm giving you advance just order it I was the first one who got that product in that town and he never knew that also so I was so enthusiastic about it and i got it and like slowly that hobby that way it started and uh, then uh, after i got out of college and got into my first job i started with uh, obviously everyone will start with the htib so considering uh, the budget and all so i had uh, my first htib was philips so it was in a small store i got a demo and i really liked it so that was my first exposure to 5.1. I never understood. Even then, I didn't have much knowledge about what 5.1 was. But I wanted to get those set of proper speakers and all. So I started there. Then as I started reading magazines, uh, what I found, all those things. And I started understanding the subject. Then I moved to Onkyo. So Onkyo, it was a HDIP, but much, much it had a separate receiver, separate sub, and all those things. It was a night and day upgrade for me then. 
so then after that i st- uh, started upgrading my uh, lcr to towers then surrounds gradually then uh, you remember onkyo launched a do you remember which was the first av receiver which was launched with true hd and dolby dts hd yeah yeah early, in the world yep early they were they were the first with uh dts hd and yes yeah. dts hd and true true hd uh, decoding so it was onkyo 606 that was the model if 60 i i'm not sure about model numbers I don't know. Yeah, that. so that was the model and uh, when it launched I brought it immediately. So it was a huge money at that time because uh, it was much more expensive than the, all the speakers I had and the, all the 5 6 speakers which I had. So it was a significant investment but I was very happy that I'm still having that receiver. It's almost what some 15 18 years old and it is still working. It was yeah. built like a bomb. It was, it's just a 7.1 <laughs> receiver no fancy room correction nothing it, it weighs more than my denon actually my denon uh, whatever uh, this nine channel avr it it weighs significantly more than that and it is still working no hdmi failure nothing and i was very happy with that so then i started uh, slowly getting better speakers and once i moved to this place and all then i started exploring odyssey so then i got into odyssey XT32 that that was the receiver i wanted uh, so when it started i i started with 5.1 only because my room that 7 is not possible so i started with 5.1 then when atmos came i went for two channels atmos and i did some experimentation lot of things and also finally whatever uh, place i had i had to keep those two speakers and i started exploring odyssey more because my setup is pretty much then i don't i i don't think i will be able to uh, there's no point getting another speaker and uh, it would almost sound the same in that uh, whatever limited room is it so right. i started exploring into this odyssey aspect more so the more and more i got into that then i got that app i purchased that app and it was giving beautiful results right even a single tweak here and there uh, like how you are doing that odyssey well It, it was a huge difference which then i started understand like let the speakers be there now let us get into the tweaking part and all you guys call the tweaks the tweaks of the week so yeah. It, it's yeah so it's it's a huge difference it makes these tweaks we learn so much and all it's not odyssey that tweaking and all it took me some some 3 4 years like with my own experimentation with something i was doing wrong then after watching all these channels i realized okay so this is what it does and also like every simple tweak you make some difference it 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 does bring so it's a journey it's a journey only so yeah yeah let it, us see how it goes and all so you bought the so you do you follow anthony grimani do anthony i anthony grimani he is a grimani uh, acoustics uh Anthony Acoustics he is the number one uh, he is the leading uh, this thing integrator he is into acoustics gremani oh. speakers he is on audio holics oh okay no i don't follow him he has come no no you do follow he is he is kind of a uh, uh, guru there in yep. audio world he would be in the top 2 in usa if you yeah i take, see, uh, 
as far as audio goes right now, I am, I'm in the mode of, I just have to go with what, like I, I do the simple Odyssey right now. I do the room calibration. Uh, I set it to, you know, Odyssey reference and then that's it. Um, you, so you bought the additional upgrade for Odyssey? The, what is it? X, uh, the Pro? No, no. It, oh, the 29. Not the Pro. It's the a regular 20, audio. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Yes. The $20 app that you can do. Yes. yes so yes. I use that as not well. That not I think multi-X you are saying. That's a $200. Right. Okay. I haven't done that. No, I want that to. Time. I bought the microphone mm. for it. Um, and mm. this, w- this goes back to, talk about a rabbit hole, right? So this goes back to um, March or April. Um, one of my followers, listeners had, had tried it and, or was going to do it. And, and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll think about it. And then, and then I went the idea of like, oh, it, that's how I ended up with my new, um, my, my Marantz pre-pro because I was like, instead of doing that in the in way, cause once you buy that app, 200 bucks, it's, it's stuck on that receiver. Right. So I was like, all yes. right, I'll yes, wait. It's locked to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'll wait and get it for the Morant. Then I went into the Morant, and I'm like, okay, all right, now I'm going to, and um, Ralph Potts had told me he has the same Morant. He's like, you got to get the 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 app and, and upgrade. He goes, because it makes a big difference with this. And I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm going to give it a couple of months so I get used to the regular Odyssey, and then that way I can notice the difference. Otherwise, I'd just be like, if I did everything at once, I'd be like, wow, it's all great. It's, you know, you don't see the steps. <coughs> well, in that process, that's where I started getting the whole thing of like, we're building a new house, I'm getting a new theater, and now I'm just like, I just, I don't have, I don't have time for the, I have to literally consciously avoid these rabbit holes because, because I will get sucked in and just start going nuts and it'll take my focus away from other things. So, um, I'm, I'm just enjoying right now. And it, but yeah, Odyssey does make a big difference. It's like to the point that I'll notice if it's not on, like it, we've talked about on the podcast, it mysteriously shuts off somehow. You'll you'll start up and be like, "This doesn't sound right," and then you put it on and be like, "Ah, there's the clarity I was looking for." Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it, it it does make a big difference. But I'm interested to see what that two hundred dollar app can do, and as well as Dirac, um, Dirac Live is come, Dirac is coming for other things, and uh, Todd Anderson has talked to me about that, like do, running Dirac, especially for your subs. It, it really improves your base and everything. <laughs> um, so I'm interested in doing all that. And, you know, once I'm settled, uh, I, I, I'll be back at the rabbit holes again. <laughs> so you, your next upgrade will be another uh, processor from Marantz? my The processor I have right now is uh, the 70. No, no, your next for your new place. Ooh, yeah. Huh. Uh, right now, I think I'm going, I forget the model number, but I would like to, if it's in the budget. Right now, I'm just going to take my Marantz with me. Um, and then my son, who's getting this theater, <coughs> he'll get the uh, my old Denon, which is sitting in a closet over here, right? Okay. So I'll just take okay. the Marantz okay. with me. But I would like to, um, I would like to upgrade to the uh, new Marantz, uh, pre-pro that's like 15 channels i forget the the number for it um the model number but it's it's like seven grand 
Um, because someday I would like a, a, a Trinov or something like that down the road, but I can't afford that right now. And if, if I get to the house and I can afford to, to upgrade this and sell my Marantz that I have, then that would be a step up. But if I can't, you know, then I, I'm happy with my Marantz as it is. But like you said, it's like, you're like talking about all those extra speakers in the room. It's like, that's what I want. I want front wides. I want six overheads. Uh, so I want stuff like that. And if I'm building the room, I want to design it. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it. If I can, I want to do it up front. That way I don't have to upgrade that later, but that would depend on the processor that I have. So, you know, we'll see how the budget shakes out. If, you know, who knows, see how expensive things yeah, are. But uh, one feature, which I want to see in the, since the Dirac comes in on Marantz. So I hope mm-hmm. they give a switchable feature where in you tune uh, both Odyssey and uh, Dirac and you can uh, the switch of a button, you can switch between both of them and then you can make a comparison while watching a scene. I hope they give that feature. So if that is not there, then it would be a bummer, I guess. See, what I think is interesting about that, though, is they should both do the exact same thing, right? Correct. If it's a well-treated <laughs> room, like you won't notice much of a difference yeah. at all. It's but like- Odyssey in... in I'm using it uh, current. My current uh, setup is not a treated room, but it does a fantastic job. Mm. Like if you're doing it properly, so it it is giving uh, good measurements and all. So like right. one needs to know how to do it. And one, once you get that app and all the twenty dollar app, even that is quite useful. You at least see what is happening. Yeah. If you just plug into the receiver, it does its own thing, and you won't be able to notice like what mistakes it has done and also. Yeah, it's. It, it, See, what I've found to date, okay, up until now, what I always found was Odyssey, to me, did a fantastic job for, you know, you get it in and you don't know anything. You don't know how to calibrate a room, but it would do it and it would do a great job at it. And then what Dirac was known for, to me anyways, was people were able to tinker more with it, right, and be able to to do a little bit more um, and create their own curves and do what they wanted to do where, and then Odyssey is, is, has kind of developed that a little bit more. Um, but what I like is plug and play, calibrate your room, boom, and it's done. Right. And you, so, you know, you're to your point, it's like Odyssey does a great job at doing that. And, now with Dirac, it's like, but yeah, but you can get in there and you can do this. And it's like, but when you do that, that's where all that, the doubt comes in. Did I do it right? Did I do this? Did I do, you know, who knows? And it's like, you're like, and then you go to another room and you're like, what did you do in your room? Every room requires a different calibration. So you don't know if you're doing something right or wrong. It's, I just... That to me, the simplicity of Odyssey is, is what I liked, and it actually, when I was shopping for my Marantz, the pre-pro, I was looking at. I wasn't looking for the Marantz. I was looking for a pre-pro with the the eleven channels um, that would run eleven channels and had Odyssey because I didn't want to get into. I didn't want to have to learn a new thing. I just wanted to be able to put this into my system and go. And, and that's what it, it afforded me, right? And so I, I think there's a huge value in that. And it, for one, enjoying, you get more time to sit down and enjoy the movies and the content. 
but now they're both starting to come out with the ability to tweak even further. But I don't know. Do, I, I, do you think, do you feel like I do? I'm like, I feel like the tweaking's fun. I like to do it, but that's where all that doubt comes in. Yeah. The more you get into it, like the more, I think we had this discussion in one of your things, not Reno optimizer and all, like the more you get into all those things, no, you, like somewhere you lose this uh, fun of watching the actual content and all. Yeah. You get more obsessed with this tech and all. So, yeah, it depends. Like you, you want to be happy watching something on your screen and listening, or you want to be happy watching a graph. So it depends. <laughs> watching a graph. <laughs> it's true. It's like I don't, I don't like to get into that stuff. And it's like I, there. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask you, DJ. Like, are you, are you subjective or objective person? A subjective or, or objective. Did you yeah. say, am I a subjective or an objective per person? Yes, when it comes to this hobby, when you, it comes to your electronics. Well, <laughs> if Rob H is listening right now, he's screaming because <laughs> Rob knows. <laughs> what? Let me you take a guess. What do you think I am? I'm 100% in one direction. What do you think? I, I think of whatever uh, I've been following you. So I feel you are more of a subjective person. Yes. I'm a hundred percent. If it clicks in your setup, you like it, you enjoy it. Like not bothered about so, little things falling off here and there. Mm -mm. I am a hundred percent subjective. Um, Rob H and I had a conversation. It was, I, I don't think we recorded it. I don't remember. But we, we had a great discussion once about that subjective and objective. And I was like, and it was so funny because he's an, he's an objective person. He looks at things and is like, it, it's, it's black or, or it's like, that's a, it, like a fact. It's this. And whereas I agree, there are facts, but within those facts, everything is subjective. Everything is up to your opinion. Right. And one of the things, like I've said it before, it's like, what what do you you know pk what do you like what do i like and the facts around those two things don't change your opinion of what you like about it right like you hold up two crayons do you like the blue one or do you like the red one and be like i like the blue one yeah but this one's really red yeah that's the fact but <laughs> subjectively this is my favorite one so it, it I am a hundred percent. And I think for me, it's like, well, this speaker puts out this type of, you know, objectively, this speaker is better than that one. Yeah. But subjectively, I like that one better, but you're wrong. No, you can't be wrong. That's the one I like. Right. So the entire home theater hobby, that's, that's where the, that's where the fun gets on online because people will tell you this is right and this is right. And it's like, there's no right answer and there's no wrong answer. If you enjoy it, enjoy it. And that's, that's where this podcast, like the idea came in my head. It's like, just enjoy your stuff. And it's like, don't let somebody tell you that it's wrong if you enjoy it. Now, if you want to improve and you're looking for improvements and you want, that's where you're going to get into the objective stuff and you'll start to be like, okay, well, this one's doing a little bit more of what I want. Okay. That's what I want. You see what I mean? So it's like, but I'm a hundred percent subjective person. It's like, I mean, most no, that's great because like, yeah. So see, I had, uh, 
i am also say i am i do look at specs before buying something but i am not op- obsessed with it hmm. in my room i had a svs portrait sub then i had a 15 inch clip sub and now i am having this xtz and uh, both those uh, svs and clips they played on much lower uh, than what my xtz is right now on paper if you see they are much more capable and supposed to be better playing subs but actually i like this thing uh, it integrated so well in my room it is perfect for whatever i am watching so like if i just go with that paper specs i would have never uh, tried uh, my current sub so it's like it doesn't matter like yeah it it may go down well but it, it ultimately it may not sound well in your room also there are some speakers which are rated well on spec sheet but i didn't like it when i heard it my friends plays so it's like i don't know how it happens so if it sounds good in your room it it should be better see floor standards are supposed to be better than on wall speakers right on wall or what very compact slim things mm-hmm. but in my setup like i had warfedal towers and all there they were good highly reviewed uh, models at that point of time and all but my on walls they sound they are sounding much better in my setup with the same avr and everything like if if you do a measurement analysis maybe the floor standards will win but i'm loving those on walls and all like yeah people have to take a call like just without any demos and listening they fall for all these arguments and all and once we get into that no like we'll be like body shamed and all yeah. those things so it's better to get out i just exit such kind of conversation no point in dragging ourselves into that so yeah it's a waste of time so yeah but when it comes to equipment it really does, especially speakers because the speakers <laughs> so many people miss the point that wherever those speakers are placed right meaning the room is that the room is a bigger factor than the speakers themselves so you can you can demo them someplace else and you bring them into your room and they just don't they just don't play the same in the room because your room is different it's not treated the same it's not and i'm not and notice i said it's not treated the same it it, it, it there's a way to treat a room correctly but if you don't want to treat your room there's a set of speakers you could get that would sound better to you right so it's like you don't i'm not saying you don't have to treat your room what i'm saying is if you're not that type of person there is a speaker that's going to sound better to you in your room but if you go to a place where you demo that speaker maybe they have room treatments or it's a different shaped room or it's not open it's not this it's that there's a million factors but they're all predicated on the room you know just how high are your ceilings compared to the demo area ceiling height is a big difference because now i mean the volume of the room is a big difference the angle of all the walls there's so many factors that go into how good or bad a speaker sounds in a particular room that all of that objective stuff on the data sheet throw it out the window because it you know a subwoofer placed differently and we all know this you can put it and make it sound real boomy by putting it in a corner all by itself and if you stand in this spot and I, one guy a couple weeks ago he's like yeah I was in my bathroom and it sounds fantastic and you're like, <laughs> like not even in the same room as subwoofer sounds better in the bathroom so you it there's so many factors that 
like you said, it's like, throw that data, you know, don't get into the objective stuff. But let me take it one step forward or further with the content and that something that I'm seeing. And like you said, like you'd like to just get out of those conversations. I'm the same way. Online, you'll see people talk about a movie, a new Blu-ray comes out and they're like, oh, the bass isn't very good in this. And they they've they show all these data sheets. And not Todd. I'm not p- talking about Todd isn't like that. Todd and I are very like-minded on this. But he, it's like they get upset. But then when I go back and I watch the scenes that they're talking about, and they're like, oh, I'm like, I felt like it was great. It was fantastic. But to me, and this is where the subjective and the emotion and the passion comes from, when you're watching a movie from beginning to end, there's a flow to the movie that the director's trying to get you to do and the music's leading you in a direction. And by the time you get to that big scene, that climactic scene, and they have a, a whatever the sound is going to do, and then you're like, you're all into it and you're feeling great about it too. It's the, it's the entire movie led you there. When you take that and put it on a graph and you, you break that down into a small scene you're like, you're missing the entire point. And, and I, I don't like that stuff. And a lot of people are like, well, if it had better here, it's like, what? You would have enjoyed the movie more? <laughs> or, you, you know, it's like, I, I just, I don't like to go down that rabbit hole at all of graphing everything out perfectly. Yeah, I wanted to ask one more thing. Like, why are you so, such a big fan of neural X upscaling? I don't like it. I, I'm you don't? more of a Dolby Saron guy. I am a Dolby Surround upscaling guy. I've done a lot of listening comparisons. I wanted to know your reason for that. I I would explain my findings also. Okay. Um, That's a great question. Uh, I've done them both as well. Um, I've gone back and forth. And my reasoning for Neural X is I do enjoy the... uh, Neural X seems to... um, put a little bit more emphasis into the overheads when it's doing its up mixing and give it so it gives you a little bit better location overhead and i felt like dolby surround um when they use when dolby uses the overheads it it makes it a little bit more atmospheric so what i mean now another analogy would be is like when i'm on my Marantz or in my Denon, I used to use, I still do, um, I use game mode for my sound, for more discrete sounds. Because as I've said on the podcast, like all of this, everything we're doing should be discrete. The more sound treatments, the better. You don't want those reflections. You want those speakers doing the job they're supposed to be doing, okay? Movie mode is a more, it it, it kind of spreads, it uses those same speakers and it kind of spreads that sound, giving you a bigger, you know, a more expansive feeling like the room, the walls are a little further away. So you feel like you're in a bigger room, but it's um, kind of spreading that sound out a little bit. I prefer the game mode. So when I'm up mixing, I prefer the more discrete mode of the overheads and allowing those overheads to, to me, that I feel like that's closer mimicking what a true object-based soundtrack would sound like, a true object-based soundtrack, either DTS or Atmos. Um, now, 
when something comes out in Dolby and it's only 5.1, I still use Neural X because I want that. And yeah. I, I'm guessing you, I'm just going to guess here, but I'm guessing you like the more atmospheric feel or, or do you, did you get a different feel when you compared the two of them? Okay. So, uh, I think it is changing, uh, from model to model. So Audioholics had this long, uh, discussion on this on both kind of up mixers and also whenever we get a new or uh, setup this is common right we we, we do um, do all these comparisons i did for such a long time so what what i i had realized is that they are taking the uh, effects from lcr and pumping to uh, the atmos channels in neural x dolby surround they are taking the uh, uh, things from surrounds and pumping it to the atmos channels so what it is it is collapsing my lcr when it when i'm uh, comparing the even voices it it started sounding very thin from a center channel when i up mixed to neural x because some of those voices it is like it is taking mm. some 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 of the instruments everything to the top layers and all whereas dolby surround it doesn't touch the lcr it is only taking the information from the surround speakers Huh. So that's why it sounds because most of the sound is happening in the LCR. So that's why when neural upmixing it happens, it, it sounds much more uh, brighter and uh, engaging. So that is the main reason uh, why it sounds so like exciting. Some people may like it uh, more interactive mm. or something like that. But this is more subtle because it is just pulling from surrounds, Dolby surround. This is what I realized, and I didn't like how that. Sound stage was collapsing, and I compared scene to scene. And when I was doing it in Dolby Surround, just 5.1, it sounded much better because my LCR was intact, that imaging was intact. Once I started up uh, this thing, upscaling uh, to Neural X, the total sound stage was collapsing in the front. Huh? It was. I, see, and I what I what now I, I want to listen. <laughs> No, no, and and you need to listen the same scene, go back and right. see everything will collapse. Even the voices would sound thinner if you go to the neural. Whereas Dolby Surround, it doesn't uh, touch the LCR; it just picks up from your surrounds and all. And uh, someone, uh, some channel I was watching, what he said was that in the newer and higher uh, Denon models, they have corrected neural X. Oh. So maybe your model Neural X might be doing well. So mine is a older Denon 3 okay. series and all. So it could be, they don't reveal all these things. That is yeah. a, another problem. Okay. Like all the new updates, any software updates which they come, we don't know what update they are bringing. So whether they've corrected any Dolby Surround, Neural X mixing, whether they have, these things we don't know. But hmm. some guy just said that in the newer uh, Denon Marans which are coming out, so... Uh, in that, the mixing is much better than the older receivers. So maybe yours could be better than mine. It is. We don't know until we do a AB compare. That's great information. That's a great, great perspective. Um, the the same thing, any, see, yeah. if you listen to Gene and Audioholics, in mm-hmm. that, I'll try to send you a link. The same thing was discussed. Okay. Exactly same thing he had also discussed. So... But see, that gets and in. See, another problem, I'll tell you what happened. I watched a scene wherein uh, a car just goes by in the LCR, right? It is supposed to be in the front, mm-hmm. right? And the car is just passing across the screen. So it, it, it should go from left to right or center. Or I love pants. It should collapse there. So 
Yeah. So what happens when the car was passing by when I upscaled neural X? It passed through my Atmos channel. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, when the same scene, when the uh, when the same scene when I played in Dolby Surround, the car wasn't passing uh, in my Atmos channel. It just uh, collapsed in the surround channels. Wow. So that yeah. is where I didn't like it. It is very unnatural. Like all the yeah. rain and all those things are fine. Helicopter panning, everything. It will sound very dynamic and all. But uh it's it's not it's not the right up mixing which they are doing they are doing a bright and very it sounds well but if you go into this all these details which they are putting in then you will uh notice that it is not correct uh, thing you, which you are listening yeah no you're right so maybe a uh, re- regular uh, uh person he, they may like it but once we are getting into all these details no which we, we, we may not appreciate that right and this happens even on the dts hd tracks i've checked it i've upscaled dts hd blu-ray tracks to neural x they are picking from lcr here also if you the same thing you do it in dolby surround it's much more uh, believable mm. so a great i mean great movie to test that on uh, for listeners or anybody i'm going to go try it myself i i don't think i'm having the issue i've been up mixing i've never thought of that but um pretty much any James Cameron movie uh and I, i've said this in the past uh his like terminator 2 uh hopefully we're getting the abyss soon and everything but he loves the pans he's and i think that's where i got my love of pans like you said and in terminator 2 we have a bunch of them in that movie that pan right across the front of the room you know whether it's his motorcycle pulling up on the bridge scene it's the police car pulling up to john connor's foster house I mean right to left right across but because that's all we had back then right it's like it was even in the 80s a pan across the front was a big deal because we didn't even have rear channels necessarily so doing that pan in a movie theater when you were at the theater and you could experience that but then get it home and have that pan I feel like that was I have no basis of this i have no any i've never heard it in any in any kind of interview or anything with cameron just watching his movies and how how many pans they do it just makes me feel like there was a there was a directive like make sure you get that sound going from left to right across the screen or right to left whatever and i that would be a, any of those would be a great test for exactly what you're talking about and that gets into that whole subjective objective thing right it's like you can read online like steve and i we always say we promote neural x like crazy i love up mixing to neural x but if you don't have the right system it's not going to work for you and it's like go with your gut go with what you hear and if it doesn't sound right that in in if in it say you heard like say you were a newbie and you're listening to us and then you're doing it at home you're probably assuming that like you're you know PK you're doing it at home and it's like well I guess that's what they're hearing that's supposed to be good no trust your trust your instinct right and it's like listen to that and be like this ain't right and it it doesn't mean we're wrong but it doesn't mean you're wrong either right and it's like that I didn't even think of that perspective of that yeah you're right it's like if maybe an older model or whatever or maybe it's just in in your room I don't know it could be your setup it could it could be a, a you know a multitude of things right mm, no 
know i think it is it's, it's correctly set up only because i have no you i'm this. not saying yours is wrong i'm saying uh, anybody it could be uh, the way your speakers okay. are set up or your overheads could be in the wrong place or something you know mm. i don't i don't know that's all i'm saying i'm not saying yours is wrong but there's a bunch of variables in all of our systems that go with what you hear what you think is sounds right to you because your that's it's yours it's your system you don't i mean take the advice of others listen and learn like you said use the community to learn but at the end of the day go with what you hear go with what you like and dj well like you go to these all these atmos theaters in your place and all do you really like how atmos is playing there in the us in the theaters Yes. No. I'm not a uh, it's I don't think they're utilizing it as well as they are at home. Um in the theaters it's it, it's so difficult to I I would say 90 90 I have heard it play well in like a Dolby cinema. Um but a lot of the scenes it's just too big of an environment and they don't utilize it enough that to give you that overhead feel like i mean you're in a giant auditorium basically right with a giant screen and they're trying to put they're trying to utilize ambient sounds overhead and it's only those discrete big like rain dropping on your ceiling um <coughs> and and if you think about it if if you're in that room and they don't do it correctly it's going to sound weird because the ceiling's so far away it's just i i've i've never been a never been a huge fan of how they're executing it in the theater. I had a phrase that right because when it first came out I couldn't wait to get it in my house. But it's the way it's being executed in the theaters. I don't think it's as good as what we get at home. Yeah, it's so 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 it is same so in here also in this part of the country. So I was of the assumption that only they're screwing it up in our part of the country. So it look, <laughs> looks like is execution across so it's a, more of a commercial thing for them that they need to sell so many speakers new processor and install them and showcase it to the customers that this is a premium concept so i've been to some about 10 atmos theaters in my area in last 5 years and all 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 blockbuster movies i tried to watch in good atmos theater and so far except when those trailers play atmos those atmos trailers are there other than that i never heard anything i, I still don't understand why people say it is very good because i don't know they don't understand how atmos work work or like those thing but i've never heard anything and i've written so many mails to dolby india here like why it is so poor and all those things but they never revert back that is a problem yeah and i've written to those multiplex owners also so they revert back saying that no it is there uh it is working atmos is working they called me once for uh, this thing we'll play you you come alone only for you we'll play you some trailers and what would i do with the trailers in the movie i i'm not able to hear anything in the movie so how does it matter so like the same movie when i watch in my home i am listening to so many things flying by it but it doesn't play the same way in theater in spite of having 64 overhead speakers and two subs at the back I, i don't even know whether they are playing in atmos file or not that is even big uh, uh, question because the problem with 
these things is uh, creator processor they just play the raw file they don't yeah. uh, upmix or something like that so i asked the trino people when trino was doing some podcasting with some youtuber i put in this question but they never answered twice i asked it like why don't the theater things they do upmixing like our home avrs it's like even if it's a non atmos track and all no the actual print is not mixing then all the overheads they will play very lively and all but they never answer this question maybe it 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 has to do with the chipset cost and all those things so only if they get a raw atmos file then only it will play there hmm. so i think it's a big screw up which uh, uh, is happening there and they uh, give it to a some third party sound engineer who does all the calibration so it doesn't get directly involved in this theater calibre i met one guy who does uh, one of the theaters and all so this this is everything is outsourced they yes. just give certain spec sheets are there and they just try to calibrate as per those measurements nothing else they do so no and i think a lot of it has to do with um cost analysis and uh, like what what are they going to get for the bang bang for their buck right they put in this a higher end system or they run it appropriately and like i love you saying like the theater owners like nope they're working they're on well yeah but they're not right it's like it's one thing to have it actually the speaker actually playing something i'm not i'm not doubting that but it's just not right it's not calibrated to the room right or something like that but as we've stated so many times on this podcast we're such a small community there's such a small percentage of us that even cares most people are just there and they're happy to be bombarded with sound and have a big screen so it's like why why how are they going to calibrate that and then to to the point like when we calibrate our rooms we calibrate them to our seat and then we try to get the best possible experience for the rest of the seats in that room right what seat do they pick <laughs> where are you getting the and and i always try to sit in the sweet spot of the room when i go to these theaters cuz especially now buy them pre pre-purchase online pick your seat and all that but even still it's like you can't you just can't calibrate these things to i mean i guess you could but the most of the people in the room aren't going to get the benefit of that calibration so they probably just think whatever we're just putting it out they put it's put out to the masses it's a bulk product what we're getting is See, that finely is, tuned so that is a problem problem is that those theater management they're not very passionate about all this tech no. and all they just want to pull in the crowds yep they don't want to See, actually what is happening is even in my odyssey setup and all when i do all the calibrations i bump up my atmos by 5 db only mm-hmm. then i am able to hear if if i just go by their 75 db whatever it is mm-hmm. setting the uh, trim levels if i play my atmos tracks in those said levels i am not able to hear any atmos i have to bump up by mm-hmm. 5 db so it happened many times so what i understood is that they are mixing it at a, such low levels and on the top it's at the, such a height and all no our ears won't uh, pick up all those details only from the sides and the front mm-hmm. we are designed to listen to all those things it has to be 5 to 10 db hotter only then it will maybe in the bigger theater it has to be pumped up they won't do because they get this 
benchmarks that they say you need to calibrate these speakers at these volume that they no nobody will do that that is the problem which is happening so yeah I, it's it, a big thing it yeah it's a it's a big uh, marketing loss for them they're not able to educate uh, people if they if they hear that the difference people will come to that same theater again yes if they don't hear like a 5.1 why would i go to the same theater i, I may watch it anywhere else so that that is a point this theater owners people they are missing yeah um and, and it's a great point absolutely great point because one of the question when you were uh, before you said it i was going to ask you how many theater owners do you think have home theaters i i'd say very less percentage than us right it's like cuz that you're right it's a business to them they're not as passionate about it they just want to get the people in that's why that's why the theaters that's why they make the blockbuster movies watch any of the you know videos on where the market has gone where the business has gone and it's like to be i mean people don't want these blockbuster movies like why can't we get smaller movies anymore well cuz those have all gone to streaming now right so it's like people want those more artistic movies to be back in the theaters but they're just not profitable enough but the good news is people are looking at it as a bad thing right and they're saying like oh well, why we're failing no we're not as as consumer we still get to see those more artistic movies but we have to see them at home now if you want a home theater or you want a theater environment build yourself a home theater in your living room in a dedicated room whatever you want to do but we're still getting the content it's not like these these low the the lower budget um films are getting thrown away the artists are still able to do what they want to do and it, there's a place for them it's just the world's evolving right and to keep these big these big theaters going we need big budget films now here's where i think this is where maybe we might start to see some change and it might take a you know 5 years or so um for the first time i thought me i've been a you know john knows i've been telling him for years we he need to promote these theaters we need to get out there because they they're the ones that are there with a the foundation for my theater right it's like i went to the like you said with your family you went to the theaters as a kid you grew up seeing all these movies so you want to bring that home you want to bring that environment home so i was always like i want to promote that um when i just saw um uh, the latest uh, ant-man and the wasp quantumania we're about a half hour into this movie 45 minutes into the movie and i'm literally in my head the movie was fine it was great i i loved the story i loved the movie but i'm sitting there going what am i doing this is awful it was the sound to your point like how was the atmos how was everything and it's like and it's not awful it's just not home right it's i know when i get home this is going to be fantastic going back to top gun maverick i'm sitting there watching that in the theater the multiple times i did and being like i can't wait to get this at home it's really the only reason i go to the theater now is for a preview of what i'm going to get in my home and now like with quantum mania i was like I should just start waiting until I get home. All all it takes is one movie and then the gap is done, right? Now I just wait and it's like what what's the big rush? I'm 53 years old. What do I need to see a comic book movie first thing first? And I'm it's like I was just like I don't know. I do like like Spider-Man. I love the audience interaction. 
No Way Home, that was great. But seeing every movie in the theater like this is really going by the wayside for me personally. And I got to imagine it's going to happen with more and more people and they're going to have to up their game, like you're saying. So, so do, you, do you go to movies alone or uh, with your family? No, I go, um, this one I went to with my, most of them I go to with my son. Um, where I get the three, I get the first viewing, I pre-purchase, um, coming up, actually, by the time this one airs, we will have already announced it. So I can talk about it here. What we're going to do about in the future is, and this is from Danny speakers said something, um, I'm there. And I was actually thinking about doing like a, all right, let's plan it in advance and all anybody in the area, let's meet and see these movies. Right. And we'll plan it that far out ahead. So that's the way I'm trying to rejuvenate my love for going to the movies. Um, but it, for me, the actual experience of being in the theater and the sound and the, the sights and the sounds, not as good, not even close anymore. And, and Dolby cinema is too far away. It's just, they're not prevalent enough for me to enjoy those. So it's like, I might as well, it's, it's easier for me to wait till it gets to my home than it is for me to travel to a Dolby cinema, you know? And so your family just realized that all these movies, they look and sound much better in our theater than going to these big theaters. Yeah. My family knows my family, like my daughter will go with her husband to the movies, but they know that the home theater is better. My wife will go with me. Like if it's a movie that I'm like blown away by, like the story, I'm like, come on, let's go. I want you to see it too. We'll go to the movies, but watching them at home, it's just, it's more convenient. I mean, it's one thing it used to be. It's just more convenient to be at home, but now it's more convenient and better. The only thing you get at the theater is you see it earlier. That's it. It's yes. in that it's, it's less convenient. It's, <clears throat> it's literally more expensive and it's, you know, you're just seeing it earlier. And then with COVID, they kind of eliminated that for a little while when you were getting a day and date at home. And it's like, what's the benefit to go to the movies? And, and now it's like, I'm like, what are we doing? It's, I don't know. It's sad. It's sad for yeah. the theater owners. Even my family's at a stage when they, they themselves, although they don't know what the resolution, everything is, but they, they are saying like, we are getting much better, brighter picture here. It's sounding much better. I can't see anything in those theaters and all like, so it's good. People are realizing like once they need more exposure, like to these kind of things. Yeah. It's well, we have a better, like I said, the theater is for the masses and we're getting a, a, a very well manicured experience for the individual in our theaters. And even think of like, I, I don't know if you saw the tweets and everything going around about that million dollar theater, the star Wars theater and all of those. Yes. Things. Yes. I, so yeah. They're great. They're great to look at. But when you end up with a theater that's that big and has like three rows of seven or whatever, you're getting, I got to imagine the experience in that room, it, it, it can get closer to that movie going experience where it's just not as intimate and it, the sounds are a little further away and maybe not, maybe not as good as what we get in a smaller theater where they're right there, you know, and it's like the speakers are, it's, it's a little bit more like I said, manicured for that person, for that 
location yeah so th- there is another another of this myth which i told many of my friends also people think that to get a home theater you need a bigger room not a smaller room it's a very very big myth If people come out of this mindset no they would uh, because when i showcase my place to them they could uh, understand it yeah it can be done in a smaller place also like mm-hmm. there is a biggest myth where because they see all these pictures on net and youtube videos and they feel that you need a dedicated basement or 20 to 15 feet such big rooms and all it's not required it can be done in a smaller room they don't understand how the amps work like the bigger the room the more expensive you need to drive the speakers much harder yeah smaller the room it's much more efficient to drive and you will listen more effects in a smaller room this is the biggest myth uh, uh, which people have misconception that smaller rooms cannot be yeah done like that so once people come out of that no so then i think it will pick up yeah that hobby absolutely absolutely and it, you're you're 100% right um i've i've mentioned it like the reason the, i'm going with the size room i'm going with in my new one is my wife wants it a little larger for grandchildren right and she wants to be able to have mm. as many people in there and it, and when i say larger we're going from two rows of three i would prefer two rows of three seats she wants two rows of four and that's it and that you know what i mean so basically two couches with um and, and but you're i liked the idea of that smaller room because like you said it's like you know less power easier to manage um but this isn't you know going to two rows of four isn't extravagant it's still within that realm of it's relatively the same size room really it's maybe four or five feet wider or something than i would would have done otherwise um but yeah it, it's like the more in and sometimes you have to go to a different set of speakers because the speakers might not you know depending on what you had they might not play as well in a larger room so you got to go to something a little bit more that's where you get into your clip speakers that are horn loaded those are great in a large room in a smaller room not so much you've got to really be able to handle your reflections <laughs> so i mean but yeah you're right that that is the biggest myth but i i think a lot of that comes from when you go to the theater our first perspective is like i want a giant screen and to have a giant screen you need to have a big wall which means you're going to have to have at least a a wider room and then like your room you got a 100 inch i'm looking at the picture right over <laughs> you um but you have a 100 inch screen it's literally the width of your room which is that's just yeah. like a movie theater right so you you're nailing it and then you have your three speakers going below the screen perfectly placed um you know i mean just talk about uh balanced and everything i mean it, it perfectly placed on the wall there but it's other than i mean you have seats on either side on either wall but then like you said you sit to the back on that but that's the full front wall is your screen and that's what you're going for and that's that's a 100 inch screen taking up an entire wall so like you said it's not that big of a room but you have that movie theater environment in there and it's you you're right you don't need a giant room to do it and uh, coming to this reference level like when was this like you got into listening at reference level was it from the beginning or no after uh, so it's when kind of, you started when did i start um so yes this probably when i learned about it 
uh, I tried to achieve it. Um, you know, we all get our receivers and, and early on, you don't know what like minus 85 means or what, what's the difference between minus 85 and zero. Like what are those two settings? So, uh, it was probably 15 years ago. It was definitely in this house that I learned that. And then I kept trying to achieve it. Um, but my receiver wouldn't allow me to do it. It would trip out. It would get too hot. Um, so then I would have to, then that's when I, I found out about AC infinity and I bought, you know, bought that to cool the receiver and be able to get louder. I still couldn't approach reference level though. Okay. I was still running probably 15 minus 15 below reference level. So minus 15. Um, and that was loud. That was great. I loved it. But I was like, how do, and that's why I know the answer to these questions when people are like, how do you do that? It's like, and I kept trying different things and I'm like, how do people do this? You'd never, I'm like, I don't understand that. Um, but then I kept adding more room treatments and different, um, aspects of the room. Like I did my front wall, I did behind my speakers. I did this. I always had the side side panels covered in this like two inch, like heavy, it's like a, a recycled denim pattern I put on the, on the first reflection points. And it's even on my ceiling too, but it wasn't until I did the full back wall that I was able to actually achieve reference level comfortably and being like, wow, okay, this, this is how people do it. And it's, it's like the entire wall is six inches deep of, of just insulation with a, you know, cloth wall. And that allowed me to get there. And, um, why, how is all because like, okay, there was a goal there, right? Like, all right, I try this and I try that. And it's like, I knew it existed. Like we all, you know, once you learn what reference level is, we all try to like, okay, well, can I get there? Well, whoa, nope, that's too loud. I can't do that. It is possible. But it's like, but again, like we said earlier, it's like, it's all about your room. It's not the speakers. It's not the volume. It's not the amplification. It's the room. And can the room handle it? Can you handle the sounds being put out in that room? And, and, you know, that's the big thing. And it wasn't until I got there. Yeah. Also, you need uh, those kind of speakers, which don't sound very bright and all like you can't go reference even mm. those kind of maybe some horns and all this they will sound much brighter and all you need warmer warmer speakers and all so i i i hang out with one of my friend who who has a dedicated room very big room 13 to 15 feet wide dedicated room so he listens at minus five so as you said it's a treated room i didn't uh, it feels like minus 15 only so so you're right like if you go for proper treatment then it is uh, manageable like it, it won't feel that louder also right and, and, that's and, a very important point yeah the treatment and like you said it's also the the correct speakers for the room right my nht and you need a power amp definitely you need mm -hmm. a power amp so otherwise you can't go mm. that loud with a any good avr also yeah pumping so many speakers and all definitely for lcr you need a proper three channel amp yeah, it's it, it, all of that combined to be able to run at that level and be able to produce the power. And that's where I think 
I'm getting the benefit of going to the separates is that running at reference level, all my speakers are getting the appropriate power. Whereas if I'm running at reference level with a, a standard receiver, that's a lot of juice that's got to be going to those front channels. And like we say all the time in home theater, it's like, ah, you know, you don't need the the best speakers for your surrounds and overheads because the little information is going there. Well, that same mentality goes into where the power goes when a big boom happens, right? So that same mentality being played there, it's like, well, if you separate it out, there's no mentality like that. Everything's getting what it wants when it wants it. And you're feeding it well. Your your speakers are correct for the room. Like, um, like my NHTs are a neutral speaker, neutral sounding speaker. They're not too bright, so they can play at that level and give me the detail that I want. Um, there's there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot that goes into it, and um, that's a you know, like you said with the speakers, it's it's a great great point that a lot of people might be running the wrong speaker. Maybe they got good room treatments, but they're running horns or they're running, you know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of things. Yeah. That, it that would hurt. sound horrible. Like I went for a demo, like long time back, uh, they were, uh, they had paired Onkyo with Klipsch speakers and both are very bright. Actually Onkyo receivers, they, they do sound a little brighter than your Denon and Merans. Yep. And uh, with those clip horns, it was sounding so horrible. Like <laughs> I immediately walked out of that room. But that guy, they don't know. Like that kind of volume and matching, uh, they need to be careful. If you just go by whatever the dealer is suggesting, then you're screwed up. So, like, <laughs> yeah. And one more thing, like you do you listen? Uh, even your theaters, do they play at reference volume in USA? All the theaters? You mean, do they play at reference? I don't think so. Yes. I don't think so. Because I, here in India, they've stopped doing it. So when I was growing up as a kid, no, so I, what I realized is back then when there was no 5.1, they were playing at reference volumes. So as and when, as the time passed by, now I've realized that they're not playing at reference levels. Way past, uh, way below that they are playing. Yeah. So that's where it is killing all those dynamics and all. Yeah, it's. It, it, so, I don't know what they're doing here. Like I said, I'm not. I'm not happy with what's going, especially at my local theater, and the other ones that I've been to. I don't find them to be that much better or anything. I I just feel like I like you said. I just think the theater owners just they don't have the passion. They don't care. They're just trying to get people in the building, and I think they're just thinking most people don't know the difference so they just said it and I, I i can't remember what the movie was it was horrible like below the the standards of anything really they were it was so bad it was a first run and literally it was at like three o'clock i can't remember what movie it was i know it was out when it was right after top gun and uh or maverick when that came out and this was the first movie to play in this theater since maverick came out and I, I said to my son when we left, I'm like, that was horrible. Like the sound was bad. The picture wasn't set to the screen. Okay. So we had black bars on the sides and on the top and bottom. And I said, I think what happened was they were so, they were trying to ink, like squeeze every last dollar out of Maverick. But by contract, they had to put this movie on at three o'clock in the afternoon on that was the opening day. 
And what they did is they just, they, they changed too quick and they didn't to your, like what you said, like calibrate, they didn't calibrate. They didn't do anything. They just threw it in on the projector or whatever. And they just put it on the screen and were like, because they had just finished their last, you know, their last showing of Maverick, they got it in and they got some money for it. But the movie after suffered because they didn't recalibrate the projector and everything for this movie. And it, I, I was like, are you kidding me? We're going to watch this whole movie with bars on both, like a, a smaller screen in the middle. It'd be like doing a cinemascope on a cinemascope screen at home in the middle, right? Like bars on the side. And then I'm like, what a joke. And we watched that whole movie like that. The sound didn't sound like it was turned up and it's, it's, it's bad because that's the most passionate fan too, right? The person that shows up at three o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday for a movie that's released the next day. These are supposed to be the midnight showings and they're screwing you by just being like, here you go. Well, you might as well just give me a digital download and told me to watch it on my phone. This was horrible. And uh, so sorry about that rant. <laughs> I, I went to uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 because that one was one of my favorite movies. So uh, when it released in theaters, the second part I went there, it was a new, pretty established new multiplex chain which they opened and my location. I went there and I could, couldn't hear anything. Like it was probably playing at 55 dB or 60 dB if I'm not wrong. And I complained to that manager. He told me that I wrote a mail to them. So they replied to me. They called me and told me that since it's a new theater, our speakers are being running. So we've been told to play at a low volume. So they said, fine. Then I went to the same theater after one year and they were still playing at the same <laughs> level. So like, yeah, <laughs> nothing can be done as we cannot influence all these uh, things and all. And uh, I wanted to forward you one uh, this thing. Like I recently read one one sound engineer in USA. He went to a theater and uh, he was watching a movie and he was not at all happy with what was being played, the audio levels, quality, and all. So he went to the projectionist and asked them like why the movie it is playing so low and all. He said there is it's a recording issue. There's nothing wrong uh, with our equipment. Everything. He said that I am the sound engineer. Who has worked on this movie so it's not a recording issue you need to raise your uh volume to the reference <laughs> level it is not being played at the reference level that's why it is crushing all the dynamics and all and nothing they didn't replay anything so this is what is happening they yeah. come up with all these excuses when the when you go and complain to the management there is a great article i'm not able to find it i wanted to send it to you there is one very senior sound engineer from usa so he had done an extensive uh, survey worldwide. He had, uh, there was a question, how many people are playing at reference volume in commercial theaters is the research he has done. And he had, uh, through his network and influence across all the continents, including India, he has taken um, this questionnaire and uh, from exhibitors, everyone and uh, people, theater owners, everything, projectionists. It's a very extensive survey he has done uh, globally. And what he uh, found out was probably globally, not even 60% people at, uh, currently they are playing at reference levels. This is what he has found out. If, if you see that uh, there is a, on the Dolby uh, uh, processor, the reference is some minus 7.5. That is the scale. So 
they are playing at minus 4.5 so it is literally uh, every click it goes 4.5 5.5 6.5 7.5 yeah. is the highest that is the reference which they are supposed to set it at so they are everyone most of the theaters in his surveys have complained that people have complained to us that it is very loud so probably people who are in the front half they would have complained it so they are reducing those things what they are doing at the back end most of the even the studios they are not doing at reference level is what he has said even the recording studios he has taken this uh, survey so even they are doing at 65 db some of them only very few people they are doing this recording at 75 db so the whole mismatch like we don't know how many people are doing at 65 db 75 db 85 db at the back end theaters they do their own uh, comfort level volume yeah. level so this whole mismatch is the culprit he is saying and what some sound engineers they are doing is like they know that most of the theaters they are not playing at reference level so at the back end artificially they are trying to boost up certain um voice levels or certain effects they are artificially boosting it so when it is not played at those levels when it comes that raw file comes to the theaters if it is not played at that level you, you won't be able to hear it properly so this is the mismatch currently happening across the world so this is a very good paper with all the findings he has published somewhere i've downloaded it i'm not able to relocate that file It's a very good file. I understood why there is a mismatch in all these theaters. He is a very reputed uh, sound engineer. He is retired now. Wow. Yeah, that's. It's. I'm. I'm. I'm speechless. I'm like dumbfounded. It's. And and the biggest thing is we have single screen theaters. I don't know in USA you have this concept. So here uh, there are single screens. Is I mean it's it's just a single very big theater. multiplex you know chain of uh, it's a big chain of right. four or five screens in a single mall kind of a system and here single screen setups are have been traditionally very strong so it's like for us this multiplex concept started some 10 years back itself strongly they started penetrating and all but here single screens have been the backbone uh, of india and all those things and single screens they play at reference level most of the single screens i have mm. visited their sound levels are so good they play near, close to reference it's it only when it comes to these multiplexes they are playing at such low volume like, yeah. i don't know their clientele their customer may be sophisticated or they just want to relax in well or they are thinking but they, it is supposed to be an upgrade from mm. for me to move from a single screen to pay double the amount and watch that but i'm not getting that uh, Yeah. Uh, that makes sense to me. Like I grew up in a a single screen town. We had, you know, and then they turned that single screen cinema into a three screen cinema, so you had three really small screens. Um but I could see where o- over there you'd have if you have a single screen cinema, that's where the passion is, right? The the owner of this and it's like you want to make sure you're putting out the best possible product because this is this is what you have that one screen. In the multiplex, they'll have like in mine we have 15. It's got fi- it's 14 15 screens I think. But only one of them is supposedly the X Plus Cinema Showcase X Plus with the Dolby, you know, Atmos surround and you know luxury seating and all of that. Then if you go to see in other screens, they're smaller. It's not as good a sound. It's not as good of chairs. It's not as good anything. Right? It's all a step down. 
Now you wonder, are the same people running, like, do we have a special X plus, you know, uh, projectionist, a special X plus person that's going to calibrate that room? Or is it, you know, no offense, the same schmo that's going around and do, yep, it's on. And like you said, to your point, you asked them like, yeah, no, they're on. Yeah, I know they're on, but <laughs> like, is it working right? And they don't care. They're just like, it's playing. Like I said, I was in an X plus room and it's like, they gave me a, you know, a 65 inch television for God's sakes. It was horrible. So it, I think that's where it's not, like I said, this is bulk. It's bulk. Just pump it out, get it out to the masses, let them see the pretty pictures on the big screen. And that's all they care about. And the reason I said before is like, I'm, I'm speechless, which is very hard for me to be. Um, this is all art. It's supposed to be presented the way it'd be like going to see the Mona Lisa. And it was like on the floor backwards. Like, yeah, just look around at it. You know, who cares? Yeah. It's just a painting. Who cares? It's no, it's like, this is supposed to be presented to you in the right way. Like the, the producers, the directors, the actors, they're the ones that should be getting on this stuff. And they do to a degree. Like you see Tom Cruise go and telling you to turn on the, you know, film mode or whatever, or turn off all this other settings on your televisions, but it's in the theater. And it's like, I, I'm what I'm afraid of is if the theaters go downhill like this, where's the motivation for people to build this in your home? And it would, I'm afraid that it would turn into that because you and I built our theaters because of going to the theater. If everything goes to the home and the theater experience goes away, people won't have that motivation. And all they'll think is like, Oh, to watch a movie, all you need is a 65 inch television in your living room. If there's no yeah, theater they need, experience they need a reference to compare, point. there is no reference point for correct. Them. Yeah. That's, and that's sad. And that, I mean, I'm, it's not going to happen overnight and it's going to take people like us to be like, no, 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 this is what, <laughs> this is the dinosaur, this theater I have, <laughs> you know, it's like, this is the extinct thing. And I don't want, to, I don't want that to happen, but I just feel like, I mean, I don't think COVID caused anything. I think COVID exposed a lot of things and now people right. have had it. And I think, and theaters aren't doing themselves any favors, um, at least not, at least not in the, in the masses way, right? Like you hear different stories. Like I know John and where he lives down in Texas, um, they're actually, you can buy all of your, it, it's, this is a cool feature. You buy all of your stuff online, all your snacks and stuff, and it's at your seat when you get there. So it's like you just walk in and sit down at your seat and they bring you your popcorn and your drinks and everything. That's a nice little feature. It's, I mean, it's not going to, if, if the experience of watching the movie stinks, that's not going to improve that, but it, they're trying to do things. Um, but I just think, I don't know. I, I think people are afraid to take the risk. You know, AMC's changing their pricing, trying to generate more money. And, and I get that. I actually, I'm one of the few people that understand it. Like a lot of people are upset, like they're going to charge more for the premium seating. Yeah, but why does everybody look at it that way? From what I understood, they actually were charging the, the pricing for the premium seating was going to be the same price as it is now. They were making the other seats cheaper, which if it's a sold out event, 
you're more apt to, all right, it's not as great a seat, but it's cheaper, so I'll go in. Whereas now, I just wait to buy the better seat later, right? So I, I get that idea. Um, so, but that is still not, that's how they can generate more money in the short term. But I think you have to make a better experience for your, your patrons to to really drive it home and make it like, you. oh, I can't wait to go back to the theater. It's like, I, I am not looking forward going back to the theater. And I think a lot of people are like that. Home theater fans are not. I think a lot of people are like that. Yeah, currently, I think only Dolby Cinema and IMAX, they are playing at those standards wherein people really think, yeah, so that is what I want to have at my place because they are directly controlled by the parent company, right? So because IMAX does all the calibration remotely and mm-hmm. they keep daily they do track like whatever is happening that's why that, that that quality control is there so dolby cinema obviously dolby they would be monitoring it so that's why everywhere you go they almost look and sound the same but these other chains and all like it's like the mercy of whoever is operating that so this is the biggest gap now yeah yeah and it's it, it's mm. hurting it's hurting um let's uh, wrap up on um something we haven't even talked about um your the the movie industry in your country mm. um uh, my first experience really was with i mean I, i've heard of hindi movies before i never really got into them but it was rrr and i was you know as you know we were blown away john and i were like whoa but then i i think People like yourself, I, I got a lot of messages from people saying like, like, oh, there's this whole, like, we had no idea. Like, there's multiple facets to the movie industry in your country, like different types of movies from different regions and different. Can, can you explain a little bit of that? I'm not familiar with it at all. I just know that it's, it's it sounds way more almost advanced than ours. <laughs> See, actually, it's a very, very big industry. Like, there are many people employed here. So, there are more than 30 states in the country, and each state has their own language. So, every state, they make their own film. So, RRR is made in one such language. It's called Telugu. That is the original language. What you people are watching is a dubbed version in uh, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's not the original language. So... That is called Hindi, the language which you people have watched. But the original language is Telugu. So that is from uh. one of the southern states in India. So, uh, like, he is a Rajamoli, is a, he's a very big shot here. Like, you people have come to know about him only now. But uh, earlier, he has made much better movies, actually. So, there is one movie called Bahubali. It's a periodic drama. And also, that was much more engaging and much more well shot than this but due to the marketing hype you know current social media we don't know no which which one will suddenly become viral and all in today's social media and this suddenly caught up after after it it had run its complete run in india then it suddenly caught up in usa like they've done a lot of promoting just before the oscars and all and it, it's a very good movie, but it's not his best movie. He has done better movies earlier also. So he's, I would say he is like a James Cameron of our country. So has James Cameron, uh, Cameron faced any failures? 
many of his movies? Were any of his movies a flop there? Flop? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't was think True Lies a hit or I think uh, True Lies was his least successful, right? If maybe among I loved movies. it, so I wouldn't know the numbers on it. Um, I'm I know uh, it, so, it's pretty popular. I don't think it flopped yeah. at all. Um, it, uh, so I think no, I'm saying it was less, but less profitable maybe for him. But right, I don't think he has ever made any flop movie. So the same is here. So this guy, I've been we've been watching for uh, since ten years and all. So with every movie, he he has brought so much new technology into his thing. Like he has hired some Hollywood professionals and all. Like he has been trying to break that, just like Cameron with. Every movie, like he tries to bring some new tech, new uh, software, something like that. So, some uh, uh, breaking things. This guy had every movie he had evolved. So with every mm. movie, and uh, he's like a James Cameron. Till now, he has not seen any flops in the country. So he has taken Indian cinema to a next level. Actually, even before this RRR came in, with his earlier movie. Bahubali, that is still uh, his highest grossing movie of his career, not RRR. So that was much bigger movie. So that movie totally projected India on a global level. Like that was one of the highest grossing movies worldwide earlier. So he, this guy is is very good at marketing. How to market? Like in which language he needs to market? It's not like a single language for the entire country. So it's not like that. So. He's very good at capturing those pockets where they are losing share and all those analysis he does. And like, and the biggest thing is I, I have owned all his movies on Blu-ray actually, right from his beginning thing and all. He was uh, one of the first guy who released his movies on Blu-ray here. So regionally in the uh, our regional languages and all. And they are done so well. Even today when I hear them on the True HD or DTS HD files, they are very good, actually. The sound mixing, he does excellent work. So, if all his movies, the sound design is very good, actually. If you watch in a proper Indian theater, no, you will realize how good they are. And he gives the maximum uh, time to the sound department. So, I watched this. There's a Dolby channel. You're aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. Dolby has a YouTube channel. Yep. They do all this podcast with, with all the technicians and all. Yeah. So, earlier with some of his older movies, they have interviewed the Atmos engineers and all who had done the mixing. And what they said is that this guy, he gives them maximum time, probably a month or two times to do all the mixing and all. So that's why they come out so well. But most of the other movies, they don't spend that much budget on this thing and all. So this guy has everything, like every budget. So he gives, that's why all his movies he makes for two years, three years and then releases. It's not like one year and all he send compromise on anything so that way is very good actually yeah probably going forward you guys will know much of him i met him at airport once very once so and i met him 10 years back and still today he is having the same energy like some people when they grow older no the energy levels come down but this guy even james cameron when i every time i watch his interview is that energy i don't know like how they are able to maintain that positive energy even as they grow older and this thing and all. The way they talk and emote, it's, yeah. it's like, it's a unique uh, feature. Not everyone will have that. No, I think that comes from being artistic, 
therapy and I, uh, it's mm. a passion, right? So like one of the, I think one of the lot of, I, I was just saying this to my wife recently. Um, one of the lot, one of the things that people, um, I don't know, their misconceptions of like artistic being artistic and what that means. It's you're, it's not that you like something. Okay. Or you, you, it's, it's part of you that you have to do. It's hard to explain. It's like, I don't want to be like, like over the top and say, it's like breathing, but it's like when you get an idea in your head and whether it's, you want to paint it or you want whatever your medium is, but it has to get out. And a lot of people like, how do they have that kind of, how do they have that kind of like drive to keep doing that? And it's like that you, you, to, unless you've experienced it, unless you're that person, you don't know what it's like when it has to stay in. And it's, it's very frustrating. Um, it, I think the best way to do it, the best description I can give to people that don't know what this feels like, watch a little kid that can't speak the language yet. And they try and look at their face. Like they know they want to say, they understand you. Like, do you want, like talk to a little kid that can't speak to you and ask him what he wants. Does he want a drink or does he want a sandwich or does he want, and he, and the frustration because they, they know what they, but they just don't know how to verbalize it. Right. But they don't know how to communicate the information to you and watching my kids grow up when they were little and they couldn't do this stuff. We laugh as adults. Like, oh, isn't that cute? He doesn't know how to say that word. But it's very frustrating to the child because they're like, I know this, but I don't know how to do it. That's what it's like for for me when I get an idea in my head on something that I want to make or I want to do. And I'm and it's like all in, you know, like I can't wait to do it. And it's like, I gotta get this out of me. And then add on top of that, you gotta get out of what's in your head, what you've imagined, and imagine like I could. James Cameron, who has a crazy imagination. I got to get that out and duplicate it the way I see it in my head. Uh, nope, that's not right. That's not right. And it's, it's very difficult. So what come in, I don't, age has nothing to do with that. And that's, what's great about these artists. And it's like, I mean, you even see it with Spielberg, you see it with Lucas. They're still around the, the, the medium. Like it, Lucas, it doesn't seem to be doing as much now. Spielberg still is, but, Lucas just loves to be around the set, loves to be around these artists, loves to be, you know, I'm sure he has these things. It's, it's just, it's something that's in you that you have no, you don't have a choice. (laughs) It's like, you can't just stop it and say, okay, I'm just going to not think anymore. And I think that's what these guys are like. And and we get to be the benefit of it, you know? Yeah. When we have these kind of people, like they motivate us to, get into HD and watch their movies and all like, like that passion reflects in how they do all this mixing and all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great motivation. It is. It is. And, and I love even stuff. that, uh, that uh, like triple R that introduction scene is there, right? That Lati charge introduction of Ram character. You say when entire village comes and rounds up the police station and he goes and catches that guy. So that scene, he said it was, Shot for almost a month and all. So they got some Hollywood choreographer, very popular one from Disney or who has worked for Marvel. He tried that for one week, but he couldn't shoot that. Like whatever he was saying, he was he was not happy with that output. So ultimately, 
Yeah. He, some Indian guy only, stunt guy only, he, he choreographed that and it came out very well. So it's like, how, how as a team guy, you, you get to, you, you get the work out of your team and all. That's very important. It yeah. doesn't matter like whether he's from a reputed thing or not. Like, right. Recognizing that talent itself, that is also a big advantage. Yeah. Not it, everyone has that. It, 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 you, you, that. That was my point. You just, that was my point. It took him a month to get what he had up here for somebody to duplicate that. And I guarantee, I guarantee you that the end product wasn't, still wasn't exactly what was up here, but it's like, all right, we're close enough. We, I can go with that. But you, like you said, that first week, it wasn't, it's not what I'm visualizing. Right. And it's like, um, one of the, one of the other examples I like is, um, Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters. Okay. Okay. And he he's a drummer. And he would bring drummers in and then they would play and then he would redo it because it didn't sound right. But to me, I'm not a drummer. I wouldn't know the difference if Dave Grohl played that set or somebody else played that set. It sounds the same to me, but in his head, I need it to be dead on. And these people, they they come off as like very pushy, they come off as jerks because they but you don't, but I, I love listening to stuff like that, like Dave Grohl, Bruce Springsteen, Madonna, um, Miley Cyrus, uh, all of these people that they do these things because they have to get it out the way they like it. And it comes off as being a jerk, but you're like, mm, no, I, I just need it done this way. And like you said, it's like they did, they worked for a week and they're like, nope, it's not right. And it took them a month to get it. But I, I have to imagine it's just what was in his head and he needs to get that out. And it's it's difficult. And, you know, and that's I, I think, you know, with James Cameron and the avatars and how long these have taken, it's like he, it was probably process after process of like, I want it to look a certain way. And he needed to, the time and the technology to evolve so that he could do that. Lucas did the same thing. That's where we came up with Star Wars in the order that it was. He knew he couldn't make those first three movies with the tech they had. So he's like, all right, what can I do? And he started with episode four. So it's like there's we need to to get back to the whole the theater experience. We need the theaters to reflect this same passion. Because I think it's on both sides. The consumer there are consumers like ourselves that do like this stuff that love this stuff. And there's obviously we have the artists producing it for us. It's this middleman <laughs> that's, that's ruining it for us. And it, it's really sad. And one more thing I wanted to discuss between Indian and uh, American movies. I feel the sound mixing, which is happening over the past 10 years, uh, the Indian movies, they sound, I don't know, much more dynamic to me than what is happening in Hollywood because you guys don't get to hear all those things. It is very good actually. So it, these are all very underrated work and also they do such good surround mix and bass mixing and all because you know, we have so many songs in our movies and yeah. all. So they have to be sounding like that. Otherwise people, they won't, uh, it has to be foot tapping. Otherwise people won't go to theaters if they're not mixed well. So foot tapping. I that like is a it. very, yeah, yeah. You know that Tripular Natu Natu, it's a foot tapping dance, right? So yeah, yeah. 
it has it it has to be if you watch it in a proper theater it was mixed very well so that thing i was not getting on netflix even at reference volume so streaming they screwed it up triple r it was not mixed very well very it, it sounded very compressed even on other ott platforms also but it originally it was mixed very well in the as when we watched mm. it it's a different well it's a different culture flat out i mean that's that's the easy way to put it but it, it's also like we don't necessarily we like we have a certain set of movies that are like that like you said like foot tapping like you have your you know we have greatest showman or uh, moulin rouge or footloose the three that my wife mentioned um those are all very much like that but generally that's not a big genre to us it's not a huge genre um but over there yes it is a little bit i guess it is a little bit more over there which to your point lends to i've we've got to get this audio correct because that's where you're going to notice it if a jet doesn't explode the right way nobody really notices it because who's really heard a jet explode but the music you're going to hear that and you're going to understand that that's wrong and people are going to be upset so i i also because it's a very big pull in india because almost every movie will have at least five to six songs and they have to get it better because that's a major 50% of the movie contribution comes from songs if the songs are good it's a very big marketing ploy for them then rest of the story will they'll cover it up so they do very good recording here in all the languages for the song sake and the action part they do it pretty better than some of the english movies which i have watched on blu-rays and all yeah It, that you don't get to that exposure there so once you listen to this now you will appreciate like how vibrant these things are and all it has come a long way but these things don't get highlighted yeah yeah and it's i mean but thanks to the internet we're getting more um we're getting expo- i mean like i said with rrr and now it's like you know seeing more of that it does expose us and i think stuff like this can actually benefit uh, you know our industry over here like oh hey look at how popular this movie was do they make movies similar to that over here to the you know to try and get people into the th- i would love to see rrr in like a dolby cinema over here not in a crappy theater yeah it I, it was released it was it was released in dolby cinema for a week and it is the first indian movie to be released in dolby oh cinema. wow yeah yeah It did pretty well there pretty well there yeah it's i mean it's we i can't remember why i why we did it here i know it was on netflix i don't know why we chose like john and i chose to watch it um we just did and then it just i think it is one of your highest watched podcast right oh for the oh uh, yeah are you kidding me and that's some crazy actually yeah it, it is the my youtube Uh, is like like i have i think it's it surpassed everything but i have a couple of like how to videos that are up there as well but most of my videos on you i'm a small tiny podcast but most of my videos they get around you know 2 300 views a good vi- maybe 400 something like that right um since we went streaming we get the streaming views and we get so we're, i'm happy with i love in these numbers but rrr is like at 
And for a guy like me, it's like, what the, what? And I, I mean, it's not like we did anything different. It's just, but it's, it, it, it's the popularity of it. And I think also it's the people, what drove that was people like yourself. They were starving for people to talk about it. Nobody was talking about this movie. It's like, if you Googled RRR, we came up like our podcast came up as like the third thing about it. Because not because of we're popular, it's because nobody else was talking about it, which I I, I was like, and, and we didn't do it for any reason. We had no idea. It just happened. And it's, you know, but it is very popular. And there are a lot of people in India. So it's a lot of people to draw from. But it's, I, I was shocked. I'm still, every now and then I'll go back and look. I'm like, yep, we're up to it. I think the last time I looked, I was at like, 10 and then I, a little while ago it was at 11 who knows what it's at now i think that was a few weeks ago i even bothered to look but yeah it is by far my our heart my our highest rated podcast it's crazy actually there are many indians settled in uh, usa working there so it's a very big community whenever a new movie releases so uh, like they get huge numbers from us market it's a very big market now for indian movies it's one of the biggest markets so all these people, especially for Rajamouli, all these movies have been trendsetters there. So they collect the highest uh, in dollars in worldwide gross uh, in USA. It's a very big market. Yeah. And they're colorful mm. and they're loud. They're great. I mean, it's, talk about dynamic across the board. And, that's, and that RRR, I, the story was to go along with it for me, it was like, I'd never experienced anything like that, honestly. But I, I'm not familiar with these movies, right? So, uh, but it, it was, it was just, it, I, I want to do more of it, but then it's like, okay, now I gotta, but I don't know which ones to go to because it is, it's an unknown and, uh, you know, I got time to learn, but it, it's, it is like, I just want, it, it was so good. I don't want something that's like, eh, I don't want to, tarnish it but it, it you said what was the other one you said that is is even bigger it's bahubali bahubali is that yes it's it's also there on netflix so it's a two-part uh movie actually so that is the movie which uh uh got him worldwide recognition actually okay and that's that on has netflix much better as well. music story yes yes it is there on netflix hmm. all right and it's um how long? You that said... is emotionally much more involving. Really? Than RRR. Oh, okay. Yeah. RRR had a much better budget. So because of Bahubali, he got a much bigger budget. So he had everything. So that was made on a tight budget. But it, the story-wise, that was much more involved. Cool. So it's two parts. Yeah. How long are each part? Because RRR was over three hours. Yeah, this one, I think each one would be two, uh, two and a half to two hours, 45 minutes. Oh, wow. That is long. Mm. Now, yeah, did it's that a historical setting and all. Did that play in the theater like that? Like full length with an intermission? How did, yes. How did that work? So we, we here we have after every one, one and a half hour, we get a 10 minute uh, interval break. All Indian movies are like that. Oh, wow. Even... Uh, yeah, even the Hollywood ones, they stop it after one hour. Because who will buy in the canteen and all? Like, 
is a business no for them yeah <laughs> popcorn and all they don't stop it he, except for imax screening no other movie they stop in uh, like it doesn't run non stop only the imax screenings it keeps running the whole film everywhere else they stop it for a break so Any if, if the movie's 4 hours long imax over there will run that for 4 hours yes 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 there wow. won't be any break wow that's not fair i know my buddy john couldn't make it he'd have to hit the bathroom <laughs> no so you better be prepared like everything that they clearly mentioned that there won't be any break you so everything right. you need to be prepared and go there we don't get breaks the period everything you need to carry yeah because your movies are very short right it's just two hours are like that so our movies traditionally average length has been two and a half hours average length now that we are getting three hour movies and all for all is bigger direct yeah so hey so it's like again a cultural do you see thing. this so like do you see this little guy on the camera do you see oh. him that's a spider coming down right it? next it's yeah, a spider yeah i thought it was spider white <laughs> okay okay yeah he's coming down the white i can thing. see his little web right here it's funny little break from home theater talk while a spider comes down next to me on the camera but yeah okay. he's about to land on my microphone that's pretty funny Mm-hmm. that's funny but okay sorry about that it's like that's weird i like spiders so i don't want to kill them that's weird all right um what were you saying i'm sorry about that <laughs> yeah i am saying like since your movies are shorter so you don't get that traditionally you, you people are not having an interval break and all no our movies are pretty long so it's like that has been it has been like this for us so they even printed interval card also in all the indian movies yeah i i would think that it would be nice if they went in that direction because the movies are getting longer we are i mean it, you know 20 20 years ago a 90 minute movie was a little bit more the norm um where now it's over 2 hours it feels like and how was benhar uh, released there it was it you people had interval what's that at that time when ben her uh ben-Hur. ben-her ben i i don't know if they i i don't know if it was in the theaters i know like ben-her lawrence of arabia those movies those are three hours long and over three hours long and they have that broken up they have an intermission in there even on the blu-rays okay, and okay. stuff right but i didn't see okay. those in the theater i wasn't old enough so i don't know if they mm-hmm. actually had that um i feel like nowadays the way they the way they're doing things at least pre covid i i have noticed a change since then that they used to try to like they edited these movies down to like at least under 2 hours that's what they wanted because that's how they the turnover right you get to play it more times in a day if it's any longer than that you get less showings in a day which means less money um and it wasn't like but if they were going to do a blockbuster like infinity war or end game they didn't care cuz they knew they were going to get the repeat viewings they knew they were going to make the money so they didn't need that um since then all these movies i see are coming out there i mean it feels like the average now is 2 and a half hours I want them to go to what, like what you guys are doing over there where you have an intermission that would be nice it would be good for the theaters it would generate more revenue probably on the popcorn and everything like on the concessions but I feel like they're conf- it, and again this is where I feel like they they're afraid to take chances 
I, I feel like they're conflicted because if they add in an intermission, that's going to mean less viewings, right? And now, so they're, they're not seeing, I don't know. I, I think it's going to take somebody or a chain to do something which we would consider um, unique and to take that risk to revamp the movie going experience because right now it's just they're I think they're spinning their wheels and but that's a great idea if like they could add that here and then you know but it's part no, of they, it's part they, of your culture there. They, yeah they give this interval break also for the commercial reasons because they need to select the canteen, your popcorn, mm-hmm. soft drinks and all. No one would buy See here, the the moment we enter, like it's one show is already going on, and the crowd would be exiting, and the other uh, uh, away. Uh, the for the next show, people would be because the movies are so long. The break between each movie would be very less for the theatrical theatrical screenings and also once all the some some of the big movies, the end titles would be rolling out. The crowd would be exiting, and the, on the other side, the new next show people would already be entering. So like they won't be here if we don't give interval that we won't be able to buy this popcorn and all mm. uh, things just before entering because already we are late uh, entering this thing and uh, right. it's a big revenue loss for them. So that's why they've kept this interval thing and all. Yeah. Yeah, it's, most I mean, of the people right. just catch up for the uh, on time, like before the show time, just five minutes before they land up and also they... It would, it's a just a, it's a struggle just getting inside, so they won't go to the canteen uh, to buy popcorn, stand in queue, and then go in knowing that there is no interval. So it's it's that how it works here. Yeah, it's it's different. It's awesome. <laughs> That's a cultural thing, so it makes sense also. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It does. It makes sense. It's like some. I just feel like over here we're too concerned with like turnover getting to the next one, getting, making, you know, they're, they're looking at it differently. Let's put it nicely that way. Uh, uh, I, I like, I like your approach. I like that idea. It makes it more an event too. Like you can talk, you know, you get up and you go out and not, what'd you think of the first half? You have a nice conference. You have a, like that water cooler talk we call it and like have that while you're waiting in line for more, you know, concessions or whatever. And then you go back in and finish the movie. It's yeah, it's, Feels like yeah, a we, need, we need experience. a pee break also interval because the AC sometimes is so high and all, no? so like, the interval we need a pee break also. Yeah, <laughs> you don't lose any part of the movie. Take a break, go back in, and watch the rest of the. Yeah, could have used that on Avatar too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't watch that, so my sister watched it and she told me it's not good. I like not it. as good as the first one. It's kind yeah. of the same. First one, uh, yeah, Avatar one, I really liked it. I watched it in IMAX, I think three or four times. So it was proper 70 mm. At that time, it was not digital. So very good, actually. Mm. Yeah, I, I saw it twice. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. I'm looking forward to it at home. Uh, looking forward to how they render it on disc because I saw it in... Um, you know, a good 4K, but I also saw it in the, with the uh, high frame rate. And I also saw it in 3D. I saw it in 3D with the high frame rate as well. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I liked the tech part of it 
that aspect of it. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they do at home with that. And, um, do we get like a Gemini man or, or, you know, Billy Lynn's long halftime talk. Do we get that kind of uh frame rate? This one was in 48. Those two were both in 60. So it'd be interesting, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah. So one last thing I want to, uh, um, discuss like on this yeah i think this marvel uh, disney all these mixes and all i think there is going to be some debate now going ahead also you do you watch shanley channel the disney Are channel disney plus no no shanley shanley oh shanley yes shanley i ah. listen to shanley uh, yeah I, I watch him uh not as much recently um but i do yeah what it, what uh, so, so he was the other day he had a podcast so he was saying that there is something very big coming up on his channel some interviewer i don't know he didn't reveal much mm-hmm. it's specifically on this poor disney mixes like why it is happening and all so he's saying it is going to be very big reveal someone very i think some sound engineer someone is inviting it seems so some something some new things which have never been spoken out uh, will be revealed is what he has mentioned in that q and a session oh wow i'm really looking yeah. forward to that no actually there is something seriously wrong like like so many people n- none of them are able to influence disney so there was one sound engineer i watched on one of the youtube channels he was asked a question like he had worked with disney also so someone had asked him why the disney blu-ray mixes are so poor in terms of all the dynamics and all he just said no comment and he passed that question so there is i think some gag uh, is there oh of course people associated mm. with that that's why no one is they're such a big uh, this thing no that they can screw their this thing anyway so i think people are afraid to speak all these things yeah. associated with that business something fishy is going on like it can't be that bad you, you i think one of my most favorite blu-ray has been uh, the ant's life the bug's life sorry the bug's, the bug's life. life yeah yeah uh, do you have that blu-ray with you i i own that blu-ray yeah i haven't watched it in a while it's but very yeah. good it's very yeah. good it's one it's still it's one of the most demo worthies in the base everything every time they fly that uh, fake bird <laughs> and every time that rain drop and all it's it's still it's it was mixed so well all the toy story movies were mixed so mm-hmm. well but after that everything uh, after pixar came into disney's listing no everything got screwed up so i feel like i'm listening to some mp3 track and something like yeah. that yeah they they have they have some dynamic tracks but you're right their consistency is so low like i think as of late i i feel like Multiverse of Madness. I feel like um, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. I feel those did even Black Panther. I really liked them. I I, I like those tracks. Um, but like the Sony discs are better. They're more way more consistent. You know you're getting something good. Um, I think I think what you're gonna my my theory has always been that. They're just producing it for the masses. They're putting it out. They're, they're using the smaller disc, the, the 66 gigabyte discs, which play more consistently for the viewers. Um, 
because some some people have problem with the hundred gigabyte discs. So like Sony will use a hundred gigabyte, but then the movie will stop if you don't have a higher end um, Blu-ray player. Yeah, you need a triple layer. Yeah, triple yeah. layer. Uh, and most people, dual, yeah, mm. and most people don't have that. Right. Mm. So which would you prefer? Higher end audio on a on a movie that's going to stop in the middle, or would you prefer? Uh, like lower end audio and a movie that plays consistently. And as we've all said in the podcast, we're a very small percentage of the population. They're playing to the masses. 99, 98, 99% of the population doesn't care. They just want the movie to play. That's where I think it's, that's what I think they're doing. So they're compressing the hell out of the sound to fit all of that on the picture. And they care about the picture. So they're trying to give you the better picture They're and they're, you know, cause everybody has these big TVs. They have nice high def televisions, you know, HDR, 4k, the whole nine people know, most people know what a good picture looks like. Most people don't care what good sound is. And I think that's what we're going to find out, you know, from whoever's on with Shane Lee. I think that, and that's why you get no comment. Because only you and I, people in that care, heard no comment, right? Whereas if, you know, my dad, who doesn't care about any of this, hears that Disney's putting out inferior sound because most people don't care, if they actually stated it, then that perks up the ears of the all the consumers. Wait a minute, you're giving me, I didn't even know that was inferior. Yeah, that's the point. But now they do know, and now they're going to have to do something about it. So marketing-wise, why would you say anything? If you don't know what you don't know, so they don't know. So why tell them? And I, I understand it. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean I, that's what I want. But, I mean, you know, it's it, and that's what makes me appreciate places like Sony, Warner Brothers, that put out the product for us, you know, that actually do it. Because... All the work they're doing for such a small percentage of people that really appreciate it like we do, it's like, I, I, I'm not going to knock Disney, but I do greatly appreciate like the Sonys and the the people that do it for us. That's, that's where I, you know, you know, that's where I just show my appreciation or I try to anyway, so I'll talk about it. But See, my point is if everyone is getting a 66 GB disc to play around, like everyone is doing fantastic job. You see it, Lions get there, their movies are like, it's not big blockbuster, but they do such a fantastic work. So there is no excuse of like this 100 GB, 60, that is fine, but they're not even doing justice to whatever they're getting. So... See, even in theatricals, all these Avengers movies I watch in theaters, all these big movies, they they don't sound good, even in the theatrical mixes. They sound very compressed here, even in theaters. But when I watch a Warner movie and all, they sound very good. Mm. All these Dark Knights, even the Joker movie, it, it's not yeah. a heavily act, but it, it was very good, very well mixed. I, it sounded much better than these Marvel mixes in theater. Mm. So even in the theatrical mixes, they're compressing it. And I, what did Ralph Pott say? Because he gets these discs from the studios, no? Did he, mm-hmm. when he writes back to them that feedback, does he get any um, reply from them? Like why it is mixed like that? And, no. Because he is an no. influencer, right? So Yeah, he, I don't, I don't, like he, 
we had a different opinion on um on Black Panther. Um we both liked Which one, it. the first one? The the latest one, Wakanda Forever. Okay, we both okay. liked okay. it. He just thought that the Atmos mix could have been better. He felt it was too discreet. Uh-huh. It needed uh, not too discreet, uh-huh. I'm sorry, too ambient. It needed to be more okay. discreet. Or they could have used it more discreetly. And um but we both liked the overall mix. Um but no, I don't I, I've never asked him that. If he's written I've never asked him that. that's a good question. I've never asked him if he's written mm. the studio in mm. themselves. Um he he one of the things I, I why I value his opinion and, and love reading his stuff is he's he's like me in that he gets more technical than I do, but can also appreciate like he he doesn't get so technical. <laughs> like some people do like like they'll call something a trash disc just because it doesn't have the the deep bass that they want not everything needs to be you know the the deepest bass you can still have a good product without going super low um so i he's he's the most one of the most fair people him and michael scott over on uh, av nirvana as well they they very much like that they'll they'll give you the tech specs right but they also incorporated into the overall experience of the movie which i think that's that's what we're all after um but no i have never asked him if he's written the uh written back to the studio zone like why it's lower um i don't anticipate See, actually we, we we had a podcast in the original language uh, earlier we had uh, one podcast where i was just a listener there so there is one engineer from india who is working with the dolby labs in us okay so that guy they are not supposed to reveal their names to outside some non disclosure some clause mm. is there so anonymously that guy only through voice he would be answering he used to conduct a q and a session for indian listeners and all so he he had worked on many projects he had worked on uh, ready player one also in oh, wow. some part of the atmos mixing and all so what he has said is uh, that uh, dolby for some reasons for certain studios they are compressing the dynamics with dts it is not so dts uh, is giving much more headroom that's why if you see all those older dts hd tracks they still sound so dynamic and vibrant and the bass is so strong but dolby is and why they are doing it he, he himself he isn't aware of like who is making these calls and all so there's something fishy is going on like even they are not able to he is also unhappy so like mm. why such decisions such compressions are happening and all yeah. and he has a measurements also he, he told us that there is a some measurements he has taken and there is a difference like what it is supposed to be but what they are finally churning out So what do you think of this idea? Um and it just just popped in my head when you described like DTS has given more headroom. Um at what Dolby in particular, they're more mainstream. They're everywhere streaming. DTS doesn't stream, right? Is it possible that Dolby's specs are like we have them set like this so it sounds more consistent throughout the the chain? whether we get a blu-ray whether we get it streamed or we get it wherever it's yeah, it's yeah. a more consistent sound i i think i think like when post theatrical release for like if you when uh, doing all the calibration for different ott or disc maybe this way they are coding it 
i think it's probably lesser work for them to um like mm. put it on various platform it, it, it that is only reason i could like excuse or reason that is only possible reason right the like, post work is probably minimized for them by doing like this yep yeah it's well it, i'm not necessarily saying that like they're just trying to create less work what i'm trying to do like what i'm thinking is it's like but more my point is when everyone end. else ha huh, but when everyone else no one is doing it why only they are doing it like like it's not a loss making company they are the biggest mm-hmm. studio now like they are keeping giving blockbusters every year in billions of dollars like why compromise in such a thing like as a home like physical why, why should i invest in a disney physical disc at this point of time i would rather buy a warner or lionsgate disc like right it's not motivating me enough movie might be good but just for the love of the movie i may pick it up but it, i still i won't be happy like right well it i you know i'm not trying to be a jerk <laughs> but what i'm going to say is you're already buying the movie what's their motivation to you see what i mean like you just asked what's my motivation to buy your movie and then you said that the sound isn't as good other people are doing the sound better um what's my motivation to buy the movie and then you qualified it besides it being just a good movie you're already buying the movie so you see mm. from their perspective like you want you, like they're the you want me to do more but but why like why well because i like it more yeah but you're already buying it so what yeah. so what's their so incentive we are taken for granted to, yeah what yeah. we're being taken for granted but it's but are we it's it's more of that they just know like this is their their market research like we can get away with this and it's they're like you said they're making money there people are buying it we're buying it because we like the movie the audio's not as good as other other places but it's it's decent and but it could be better we want better but the people like ourselves that are saying it are such a small percentage so you're like you you want me to do this but why when most people don't care so their market research is we're putting out a quality product and like i i liken it to the definition of quality and people people say it all but it's not a quality product no 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 the definition of quality is not good it doesn't quality doesn't define the level of quality right the mcdonald's hamburger is not really a hamburger but wherever you go you know what you're getting when you go in there right that's what you're getting it's just that and that's the way they produce it well that's kind of what disney's doing with their audio and it's like you know what you're going to get it's not the greatest in the world but it's audio and this is our product and i think until we stop buying it which that's a whole other debate i think physical media is going away eventually anyways as because most people are streaming even you know why are most movies bought on dvd Let's talk about that. I mean, we don't have a lot of time right now, but <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like But that's only on US, you know. It's only in US. So here DVD itself it, it got extinct long time back. That's only US market share. Right? Yeah. I still I'm 60% people why they are buying DVDs still doesn't make any sense. Like they can get the same thing for 4K on any of the streaming thing and watch it. So I don't know why they are buying it. 
I know it doesn't make any sense to me, but, but I just, I think it doesn't make sense to us, but I think that just shows you how many people can't stream. There's a lot of people don't, especially in the States, streaming isn't as prevalent as, as a lot of people want to believe. There are a lot of places that still don't have the, the same capable streams that, that we enjoy. Right. So they're buying these DVD and, just look at the DVD market and and say like, why are like what is it like almost ten times the amount of DVDs compared to four K discs? When like you said, it's like why would you even buy that? Because whatever you stream is going to be better than whatever that DVD is. So that doesn't even make sense. But it does when you look at it from like this is the only way I can get it, and this is the best you know, and this is all I want for quality. I don't care about the rest. So the people buying them know why they're doing it and it makes sense to them. And it, it, we just have to, and then now get into Disney. Wait a minute. Why am I going to put all that money into putting great sound into my lowest selling product? (laughs) Right. It's like the 4k releases. They're literally their lowest selling version of that. Probably their highest selling would be the stream. Their second highest would be the DVD. (laughs) And then the Blu-ray, and now you want them to invest all the, I mean, we, I should, I'm not accusing you. I'm saying we, as the fans, we want them to invest all this, you know, more money and not, and it's, to me, it's not even an investment. It's, I think, because I, I, they're compressing it. it. It would be easier for them to not compress it so much, right? But I think they actually have a marketing purpose for doing this. And it's, I think that, that reason is consistency throughout their platform, throughout their versions, right? That's the only, because it, it doesn't cost them more. It doesn't save them money to compress the sound. It, it actually, it, it's cheaper if you stop compressing because that's a step they don't have to do, <laughs> right? If, if you're looking at it that way, if you, if you put, you know, uh, time into, you know, an engineer has to actually compress the audio track. It's, you know, that they, they have to do that. If you stop doing that, it would be cheaper. You don't have to pay a guy to do that anymore. Okay, great. But I think they're doing it for an actual marketing reason of like being consistency throughout their platform. Whereas others, they is, don't it, care. is it the same on Kaleidoscape also? The Who movies, knew? the Marvel movies which you are getting no, here. No, is it not. also sound? It's not, it's better. It's, it is better. It is, you have, it is more dynamic in it. And, and it's, when you listen to did, it. Did it, you, <clears throat> did you get an, a, try to do an AB comparison? Of the oh, same? I've, I've done many, especially when I first got my Kaleidoscape, I did a bunch of them mm-hmm. and it's dynamic to the point that I had forgotten because it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't important to me until I got the Kaleidoscape, but I had forgotten that Disney put out a 66 gigabyte disc. Okay. So what happened was I was doing ABs on, on Marvel movies. I was doing ABs on star Wars, especially a new hope. That was my first one. And I, I had called up, um, my buddy Nelson, who I met through the podcast and he had a Kaleidoscape as well. Uh, he had had his for like a year. Um, and I called them and I was like, man, it's, so, and, and it, this was a private conversation because I didn't want to be that guy coming on the podcast and being like, I got a kaleidoscape and it's so much better. And I was trying to get him to talk me down off the ledge on how much better it really sounded to me. 
I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I was like, I know it sounds better. And then, so Nelson, of course, talked me down and he's like, he goes, yeah, he goes, DJ, and I was standing in my driveway. I still remember the conversation where I was and everything. Right. And he goes, but DJ, he goes, you're excited. I get it. He goes, it's probably not that much better. And I was like, I know, I know, I know. And then we had, he goes, but later on, like probably 10 minutes later in the conversation, he says, oh, you do know that Disney does, you know, the 66 gigabyte. And I was like, you're right. And then I looked up when I was done with the, con I was like, but you just told me. And he goes, and Star Wars, and he was, I think he was at his computer. I think that's at like 70, A New Hope is like 70 gigabytes. He goes, that's, it's only four gigabytes. I'm like, well, there you go. I go, I heard a difference when I couldn't even put my finger on why it sounded more dynamic. Okay. It, it wasn't like I knew that. And then I was like, oh my God. And then I went and wa watched Infinity War and Endgame, which are on 66 gigabyte discs. But I think they're, both of them are over a hundred gigabyte movies on Kaleidoscape. So. Yeah. Endgame was on 105 GB, I think, right? Um, what's that? I think end game. Yes. The latest version is some one not six GB, I think. Yeah. hundred yeah, hundred and three, hundred and six, something like that. It's mm, it's substantial. Mm. And it's it's not because of special features. It's not because of that. It's I mean, it's literally the same thing you'd get on a four K disc. But yeah, it is. It's a little more dynamic. So I mean it but you need the system to be able to pull that out. And we have those systems, right? So to be able to pull out that difference, it's there. Um, but again, it's like, that's probably, and now they take that, that's their, you know, as they call it, their mezzanine file of that movie. When they go to put that on the disc, they run it, they compress it. They, they compress that down to fit that on the disc. And the other thing is like, you made the comment earlier about like Lionsgate or uh, these other studios that still use a 66 gigabyte, but they're still getting good sound. I think it, what they're doing is they're compressing their sound. Disney, that is, is compressing their sound a little further so they can open up the amount of video they have. You see what I mean? So to have, to allow more video information. So like you only get X amount of space on a disc. Now, do you do 50-50? 50% of your disc is audio and 50% is video? Or do you do, or is it like, can I allocate 60, 40 or can I, you know what I mean? And it's like, and I know like audio doesn't take as much data as a video does, but that's my point, you know? So like maybe Disney's doing, you know, 5% is audio and then the 90% the is video information and Lionsgate's probably doing maybe 20% audio. And you know what I mean? Because it, on a 50 GB Blu-ray disc, no. So I was, I read somewhere that audio takes up just a 3 GB, 3 to 4 GB space mm -hmm. is what audio is allocated for rest and all it's picture only. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's not a huge thing. So some, they are doing something, but I think some explanation has to come out, like we being so loyal to their the same, like we deserve an explanation, like why when everyone is doing like that. I being kept in the dark, it is not good. So many questions coming up. Yeah. But yeah, but again, hmm. it's us. <laughs> it's like, we want the, I want the answers. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see when's that video, when's Shane putting that video out? Do you know? 
he said coming soon he didn't uh, uh, he had a q and a session with uh, don dan don dan or some integrator is there right with him he had a q and a session there he had mentioned that uh, it's pretty big thing okay big reveal is going to happen is what he said on marvel mastering that'll be um that's going to be interesting mm. it's going to be interesting cuz part of me wonders if we're going to get the truth of or, or we're going to get marketing spin you know what i mean like yeah, somebody that's going to sure. yeah. you know what i mean so it'll be interesting mm. because even with marketing spin maybe we can read between the lines but either way it's a little bit more information than we already have which is none <laughs> so um but all right is that it so you are getting four subs in your next theater oh yeah Yeah. I think you are planning for in-walls, right? I had Well, not in-wall subs, but I'm going to design it that way. Uh it's my I'm going to have false walls at the front and the rear. They're going to be standard subs. Okay. They're going to be regular subs. Okay. You're just but not going to see them. Behind the fabric you would be yep. installing. Yep. Yep. So that I can I'm either going to corner them or like I was talking with Todd about doing them um into the the like into the room i think it's i can't remember the term he used but i've been looking into it and it's actually another way to get more consistent sound instead of cor- in all four corners they're set in like 10% on each side so something like have that. you listened to any any of the four sub setups what's that any of the four sub subwoofer setups have you been to any such rooms oh yeah yeah i've experienced it it's usually it's just Um I honestly I don't notice the difference compared to my room's kind of small but a two sub setup than that yeah, I have in my I room. was about to as it I had been to one of my friend's room so I didn't find much of a difference like the same can be achieved with two subs also properly calibrated mm-hmm. so yeah. although I couldn't make out where the bass is coming from but it was not necessary it is overkill if you have having the budget and Right. But a single row of seats is not at all required. He was just having a single row seat. But he, he, that guy is a rich guy. So he, he went for four subs because he was obsessed with that flat graph till 10 hertz yeah. he wanted. So like, okay, your money, you go spend it. But yeah. when I heard it, I didn't find much of... Uh, I was not wowed. Like, no, no, you wouldn't be. And, and when you get to this level of, uh, like, of a theater... you're not your increment it's an incremental uptick and, and and ironically for like the four subs is it's just for me it's a it, it's more of an aesthetics thing it's just something i've always wanted ever before i even had a sub i knew the idea like more subs would be better but it's that it, there's that part of it but then there is an incremental improvement in the other seats though and that's the, the part the correct. seats that I will never sit in are going to get an improvement yes. that's barely noticeable even by the people that care about it. So you're right, it is it's it's not necessary, but it's just something that like yeah, like it's something I wanted and it's it, you know, I can get away with two subs, but there's another there's a placement issue too. I, if I go with two subs I know how to mine a position dead center front and rear of the room but that in that's ideal it gives me the it gives me great sound pretty uniform throughout the room 
But what happens is it's like now I'm losing space for my center channel under the screen because I'm going to go with a bigger screen. So how can I do that? Uh, uh, the design I have right now has a door in the middle of the back of the room, so I can't put a sub there. So going to four subs allows me to have more uniform, th the same uniform sound, but now open up those spaces where I can't really put a sub. So there's a practical matter to it for me, too. Um, I didn't want to go with opposite corners because I don't, I, I tried that in my own theater and I didn't find it to be as accurate as the centered subs. Um, I feel like that's more of a compromise going and I didn't want to do that. So I felt, you know, I haven't experienced four subs in my theater. I've experienced four subs before, just not in my particular theater. So knowing what I've experienced and knowing what I've experienced in my own theater, this is the route I wanted to go with the design that I have. So there is a practical matter to it, but there's also, a, I'm sure I could have worked it out otherwise too, if I couldn't do the four subs, but so, yeah, see, it all works out. <laughs> how, how long it has been? What's that on this? We're over I, three yeah. hours. Three hours and 11 I, minutes. I thought we would last for one and a half hour or max one, one hour, 43 minutes. One and a half? Totally yep. unexpected. Nope. <laughs> Once we get going, you know, even my wife didn't expect, she thought she was going to go 20 minutes to a half hour. And we went almost two hours. Yeah, I, I actually wanted to tell you the first 15 minutes, I didn't knew that she was your wife. I know. Because that topic came only, I thought, because you had mentioned your best friend, I really thought she was your school friend or yeah, yeah. that you guys were not married and all. But after then she told, when she mentioned that uh, she married you, then only I realized, okay, yeah. you guys are partners. I was, yeah. first 10 minutes, no one would believe that you guys. Uh, no. And, and I, I left it that way on purpose. I liked the idea, like even the title, I didn't want people to know that I was bringing my wife on. I wanted people just to be like, oh, like you did, like just click and see who this was and talk to them. And then I, I, I kind of had that idea in my mind that I wanted people to realize who we were instead of just, because you notice I don't, in any of my Takeover Tuesdays, I don't come in and go, hey, everybody, this is such and such. Let's welcome them. To, we just, it's just a conversation. And I just want it to flow like that. And I figured, and I, I like that. And I mean, I, I think that's a testament to our relationship that as you listen to us talk, you hear like, oh, they're married, <laughs> you know, and you, you know, and it's, it would be kind of sad if by the end you didn't even know, <laughs> like, do they even like each other? <laughs> but you know, it's, that's, that's kind of how I wanted it. And, uh, and it made her more comfortable too. You know, instead of just giving her a big introduction, because I think and I, I learned that from doing these takeover Tuesdays, like if I do a big introduction for the people when I'm talking to them, they, they get all nervous. They're like, oh, the mic's on. We're recording uh, where it's you just have a conversation and you forget you're even being recorded. So it's kind of. Yeah, I think you should promote. I tweeted to you also that the Tuesday talks and all. No, you should. Keep posting that because I never knew that these things existed. I was yeah. just browsing to the Spotify and suddenly I was, I found this and I thought these are just replicas of YouTube, uh, whatever mm. podcast you are putting. But then I suddenly found that every Tuesday you're publishing these things. So that I was not aware of. So if you yeah. tweet them, no? So I think it would get more. Right. 
That's my one biggest flaw in all of this. I'm not very good at promoting. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's like, you're right. Um, I need to, I need to tweet about them more. I need to do, it's like, I put these things out and then I like during that day, sometimes I get good at it and I've, I remember each week to put them out and, but it's just like, I, I forget. And then people talk about them and now I'm responding to the people talking about it. So it's like, but you're right. I, I have to do a better job of promoting them, not only on the day they drop, but even in our podcast, our video podcast, talking about takeover Tuesdays, like, Hey, I know you're watching the video, but go listen to the audio only where, I mean, I've, pretty good library of them now too with a lot of great people um all the, you're all great people so it's like going back and listening to all the different people like you said and learning from the community is you know it it's turning out to be you know really really interesting a, a route i didn't expect to go down but it, it's it's been yeah awesome. so what another thing that i would suggest is in your podcast with steve and uh, who is that other guy john steve <laughs> Not John. So, just include uh, just a two three minutes. You can speak about what whatever what what all you had discussed regarding Tuesday talk. So that will throw up uh, like even if you don't tweet, no people will know that. Okay, so so and so Tuesday talk exists. So yeah, they may go over and have a look at it. So like it's just a summary of like what was discussed and all. No, so they will just keep a two three minutes slot for that. So yeah, that would be a good promotion for that part of. Yeah, I actually, I mean, in going forward hopefully i can keep this i'm i'm way ahead not way ahead i'm too ahead so like you and i are recording this this one won't come mm. out for two two more tuesdays so like the tuesday okay. next tuesday i actually have will be gorinder's podcast so as people are hearing this it'll be the last week they heard gorinder but this one yeah you he, and I, he's a that's an indian name actually i think he has settled there. I so know. There is a Punjabi name. So. Yeah, he he lives in yeah. Canada, but yes, he's in, ah. So he's a, that's a Punjabi. Yeah, it's a state it's like, called I'm, Punjab in India. So right, <laughs> and it was. <laughs> my, <laughs> I'll say this on the podcast now because one, you're here, and I already asked Arinder, but I was like, I assumed he was Indian, right? And I said that to my wife. I go, he. I go, I'm going to have two Indian people on back to back, and she goes. How do you know he's Indian? I was like, I don't know, Garinder. I'm like, I'm like, I met him. I'm like, he looks like he's Indian. She's like, well, that that's offensive. That doesn't mean he's from India. That could be anywhere. Blah blah blah. I'm like, I don't know, but I don't think he means anything by it, right? So I emailed him and I was like, where are you from? And he said, yes, his family was from. He was born and raised in Canada, but he was he was his family is from India as well. And I sent I sent the email a screen grab of it to my wife. I go, see. <laughs> I go, I'm not a jerk. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, I've got, you know, I don't know these things, but yeah. Yeah. It's two weeks in a row. So he, he's a regular on every rant also, right? I keep uh, yes. yeah, oh, reading yeah, he, his comments, his, his yeah. questions and all. Yep. He writes in every rant all the time. He, he, he's very, like I said, well, you haven't heard his podcast yet. <laughs> it comes out next week. I okay. said in the podcast with mm-hmm. him, um, he writes me like every week. I feel like I've known him forever. And that was the first time I quote met him like this. Right. Um, but yeah, he's a big contributor, big conversationalist with, uh, with myself, with a V rant. It's like, yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, it's, it's people like yourself. Now it actually talking to somebody in India while, you know, that's amazing for me. Um, 
thank you very much. Thank you for reaching out. Like I said, that you're like, oh, wow, you replied right away. I'm like, I was literally blown away by your, by your email to me. It was very flattering. Um, and the fact that you, and then you're like your perspective coming on here. It's, it, it's, it's very, I'm getting chills. It's very, very humbling, you know, because it's like, I'm just some schmuck in Douglas, Massachusetts in my basement. <laughs> and people like, you know, all over the world. It's like, like I say, tens of people all over the world listening to me. <laughs> but yeah, that's what good about you and even AB rant. In fact, every alternate week I shoot a question to them and they do answer it. So mm -hmm. I really like it. Like, I don't show it ever. Like, uh, did you uh, watch the new episode, AB rant episode yesterday? Uh, I haven't heard it? it yet. I haven't heard it yet. No. Okay. Uh, there also I've asked a question on crown versus emotive amps. Like every alternate week, I have so many questions. Like we know, but we don't know everything. Like mm. we need a clarification that they are very good at that uh, Rob being uh, objective and uh, other one being a subjective thing. That, that That's a very good mixture. Like yeah. both don't contradict each other, but they make sense in their own way. So yeah. It's a good learning every week. Uh, I know most of them, but still those details in how they explain, it's very good. So it's a very good learning experience. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, I listen to them every week. And like you said, you know, most of the stuff, but sometimes it's fun to hear, especially the new stuff coming out. I like to hear about and hearing everybody's perspective too. people's questions or they get, sometimes they're all the same questions over and over, but it's, different approaches to it and different understandings from people. And, um, it doesn't get, um, especially for people like us, it doesn't get monotonous, even though it'll be like, what's the best subwoofer placement, but then they have to go through that particular room. Right. And like, well, let, what's your room layout? And you have to go through all of that. So you, and you'll learn things about different room layouts. Like, Oh, I didn't even think of that's a good idea. You know, you'll hear stuff like that. So it is, it's, for people like us, it's super interesting. And, uh, I mean, I enjoy it every week. Have you met any of these guys? In uh, person? Steve, John, uh, Rob, or Obviously, Tom. John, I'm, John, I grew up with. Um, Steve, I've oh, never okay. met. Oh, okay, your childhood friends. Okay, Steve, okay. I, yeah, Steve, I've never met in person. Um, Tom or Rob, mm -hmm. I haven't met in person. Ara, I did meet in person here. He, he was Ara from H, uh, HT Guys. He was in in Boston over the summer with his family for vacation, um, and and Braden I haven't met yet. Um, I met Danny Speakers in person here, one of my listeners who lives like two towns away from me. So that was that's about all I've met. Um, we had plans to all meet, but then COVID hit. And that was mm -hmm. like the first time we talked, we joked about all getting together at some point and that stalled a lot of things for a lot of people. So, but yeah, I, I would like to meet all of them someday at some point. Um, maybe one of the shows at some, um, like a CD or something like that, be able to run into them, but I don't know. But for now, this is good. You know, it's yeah. nice, nice to meet people. So, but all right. Let's wrap it up. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you for totally unexpected. again. I, said, I can brag about this to my community here. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Three hours and 22 minutes. I think you're the longest so far. Longest takeover Tuesday oh. so far. 
So you'll publish everything entire length. Hmm. Do totally I totally? You'll publish everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of our discussion. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Great. Pretty much. Um, I might chop off the very beginning where we were talking about like our okay. our levels and everything. But yeah, our whole conversation. Okay. 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 I put it out. Great. Great. That would be. You great. didn't say anything you don't want out there, do you? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, no, I know. I wanted to discuss everything, all the controversial things, yeah. everything I wanted. Yeah. No, it was great. Great perspectives. Um, anything, you know, you ever want to come back on, just let me know. This was awesome. PK. Sure, sure. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Have a great week, everybody. John and Steve and I will be back on Friday. Uh, until then, go push play. Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey, Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.